Hey everybody, welcome to another magical episode of the Collective Podcast. Um, today we have a guest on. Um, I've been trying to get Greg on for quite a while. We met in person at um, 2013 Comic Con. I've been a fan of his work for a long time. Um, actually, I got really introduced to his works the first time I um, saw District Nine. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I went and instantly grabbed the art of the art of the book and. A, and his, his amazing uh, creations were all over the pages. It was just really awesome. And then I found his blog, and, and then I started stalking him. So, But uh, <laughs> today we have uh, Greg Broadmore on. He's a, he's a, I mean, we talked about this and the titles of what he's, all the different hats he's worn. He's, he's, he's an illustrator, an artist. He also plays music. Um, I guess you probably, what, you're like a craftsman as well because you're at Weta. You guys are super versatile and flexible, huh? So. Oh, that. That might be the one thing I'm not actually as a craftsman. Oh shit! When it comes, <laughs> yeah, a pixel probably, craftsman then, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it comes to anything physical, I'm probably the last person to um to get involved with it. Like, I whenever we make say the ray guns or anything I've made, I I get someone clever who knows how to move objects around to, to build. So. <laughs> well, that's not bad. Well, it seems like you guys have like a really amazing um, work ethic and crew over there. That's just you guys kind of keep you know complement one another's weaknesses with each other's strengths which is awesome which is that's just how you guys just crush it all the time but um yeah i mean you've you you're currently directing a video game um yeah you've been working at weta workshop for you we talked about um like 11 years or something now so that's right yeah 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 and working it's been a while now i started when um when Lord of the Rings was i think it was in the the second movie two towers was about to come out Mm. and um I was actually uh, was pretty much unemployed before that, although I sort of was managing to pay rent in Wellington by um by working at a video game store, and I was doing little bits of artwork and um and things for like children's books, which was actually as much as I was very grateful for the opportunity, it was kind of not a lot of fun and quite soul crushing. <laughs> <laughs> and then um and not and not that I have anything against children's illustration, I actually want to do more children's illustration at some point, mm. but um. In fact, it's one of the things I love the most. I love I love children's books, but um, they're uh, really fun. Like they're crazy. Yeah, I, I was working. F- yeah, you you can kind of go nuts with kids' books, right? Like, kids are like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> and, and, and you'll you'll be the same as me. Like when you um when you're a kid, you would have there would have been a dozen weird esoteric books that would have inspired you. You know, like um, when I was a kid, like it was Fungus the Bogeyman, and um uh you know like where uh, what was it called? <laughs> Who was the oh man? What was the one with all the monsters? My brain is tend to mush. Oh, um, where the wild things are. Well, the wild things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All that's, that kind of stuff. I mean, it seems classic. like it's, yeah, it it's seems like children's books forever. are a place for this sort of amazing, unleashed, um, creativity to come out. You know. Um, yeah. So I want I want to do that again at some point. But, There's um, a ton of potential in there. Yeah, but when I when I was doing it in Wellington, it was um, it was for a government company, government uh, funded institution that we're doing um sounds school amazing journals. yeah and so there's actually some really cool people but oh that's cool and, uh, but it's not it was one of those places where um you know you, you do the job and then they they have to hammer all the idiosyncrasies and all the originality and all the in any po- anything possibly offensive and stuff that you wouldn't even get guess is possibly offensive they have to iron all that out so hmm. i had a list of things that i had was not allowed to illustrate in those books uh that i still kept somewhere but it was like you can't have um i'm not i wasn't allowed to draw pigs flat out no no pigs in those books <laughs> why and, you made them look phallic or something <laughs> no, no one was allowed to draw them Whoa. uh 
Yeah, no. <laughs> and you weren't allowed to kosher, draw. Uh, yeah, I guess it was a kosher thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Women always had to have perfectly coiffed hair, it said, and women always had to have jewelry. Um, children had to wear shoes. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just, it was just wow. one of the rules in this thing. Who's making this, these rules out there? <laughs> dude, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I was, I was in amongst that, doing a bit of that, and working in a video game store, and then I, um, and then the first Lord of the Rings film came out. And I, that was when it was like a, a really, and like an epiphany or even like a, like a duh, what were you thinking moment when I, when yeah, I thought. Yeah, you didn't know oh, that Weta was there or what? I, well, I knew about Weta and I knew about Peter Jackson and his films and I was mm-hmm. a huge fan. But um, it just didn't occur to me that uh, there was this place making amazing stuff. And, uh, and with them, they must, I thought, they must hire people that want to draw stupid shit like I do. <laughs> and, um, and so, so I sent in a folio, you know, and I basically corralled it together all the drawings of um, science fiction stuff and fantasy stuff and dinosaurs and all this, all sort of things I love, dinosaurs and robots basically. And um, shoved them in a folio. And, and a few weeks later, I had an interview with Richard, at, um, Richard Taylor, who runs Weta Workshop. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just good timing, I guess. I think actually, what was probably critical for me is that uh, they were they were, although the Lord of the Rings Two Towers was just about to come out, those films are effectively finished. You know, like design wise, anyway, concept design wise, they're effectively finished. Yeah. But these new projects were on the horizon. So King Kong was already on the horizon, and um, and Evangelion was the film that they were starting I know, to. I want to talk to about court. that. Talk to you about yeah. that because yeah, that's all. Yeah, so. So I think Richard saw my folio with dinosaurs and robots in it and said, hmm, okay, well, maybe we, we need this moron. And, um, <laughs> he seems so, really um, open to the idea of, of, of harnessing the creative power and talent over there and being optimistic about it. He seems like a really yeah. great guy. Like I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him, which is really amazing to be running a company that big. Yeah. To not be like, that guy's an asshole. Like, because, yeah. you know, a lot of the times when people make well, these that, amazing things, it's like. Uh, that is one thing Richard is not is, is an asshole. He is one of the most genuine, uh, lovely people I've ever met. He's not awesome. without his flaws, you know, he's, he's oh, only human. human. Yeah. 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 But um, he is just one of those rare people that's like a really uh, truthful and positive and optimistic and, you know, and just really excited to make stuff. So, you kind of have to. Huh? You kind yeah. of have to when you run a company uh, based off of creatives. I mean, it's, it's like hurting a bunch of kittens. And it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, over, come over here. And they're like, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> you know how it is, with, you know, working in the creative field. It's like everything all over the board at all times, just nuts, you know, constantly. And it's just out mm-hmm. of control. But no, it's really cool. You managed to really harness an amazing thing. And that's cool that he saw the ability in you um, at the beginning, you know, because look at what your potential, like when you're put to the task of these huge things, look at what you're able to create, you know, just yeah, I, responsibility. I, I, so. I just felt exceptionally lucky that I was in the right place at the right time. Cause I was, um, like I say, I was pretty much doing uh, sweet fuck all before that creatively, you know, I was unemployed for, um, the better part of my, my life up till that point. I was in the dole for like seven years. Wow. And, um, damn. how do you deal with yeah, that? You were like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it. I was totally, I, <laughs> I was really into being on the doll, but not not in a way that like uh, that that was like um, it was more like okay, I'm resigned to the fact that I'm unemployable. I do I do the sorts of things that no one wants to pay money for. I make music, <laughs> but the music I make is so noisy 
and ridiculous. This, I was playing in a punk rock band called Ghidra with my friend Christian, Christian Pierce, who's another incredible designer at Weta now. Yeah, um, awesome. And uh, we, we were just, you know, making stupid comics and, and, um, and doing creative stuff. But I realized that none of that is ever going to be a career. So I'm happy with being on the dole. And I just had to sort of get my head around the fact that that would be um, – I would just have to try and cling on to the unemployment benefit for as long as I could. <laughs> because I, I think if I was living in any other country, like even Australia, uh, and especially like the UK or America or something, something with a decent-sized population, that I prob- there probably would have been a lot more opportunities and I probably could have seen a way forward. But yeah. um, but at that point in New Zealand, I, you know, we got th- at that point, we would have been three and a half million people. And, yeah. Um, I, I just I think you know you just assume that well there's no way to make make money doing anything creative or not the sort of creative things that I'm interested in which was movies and comics and and noisy punk rock and um and so like I say that's why it was a duh moment when um when I saw Lord of the Rings it was like oh this is dude Peter Jackson he's down in Wellington and he's and he's making things that are epic and fantastical you know like yeah. oh well you know were you so, a fan of that universe too Tolkien stuff were you at all interested in it at all when, when i first heard that peter was um i was i was seriously into dungeons and dragons as a little kid yeah and, uh, who wasn't you know, right I, yeah <laughs> but i but i and i had read the hobbit I, hobbit was like the first book i ever read it was the first like to me the first decent sized chunk of pages Same. i'd ever even bitten me, off me too yeah yeah, but but Lord of the Rings. I remember going to visit a, a friend of mine who was uh, our dungeon master in some games we played, and I saw those <laughs> Lord of the Rings book on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, he was this big angry dude, and I I saw those this book on his shelves, and I was like, I looked at it, I was like, what is that? And it's Lord of the Rings, and it looked like it looked magnificent. Yeah, but I looked at it and realized you are way too stupid to ever try and even read that. Like you, that was the rest of your life, so don't even bother. So yeah. I so I didn't read it until I heard that Peter was working on the films. And then I thought, I've got to read it. Like, I've got to find out what these books are all about. Yeah. And luckily, it was like one of those things, as soon as I started reading it, I was, I was hooked. I suppose, yeah, it's instance. pretty quick. You can smash through it pretty quickly. If yeah, you I didn't realize that, right? When, you're, when, you're a, when I was like 13 years old and into D&D, I, would, I looked at that book and thought it was a terrifying thing that I would never defeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Books can be uh, deceiving like that. But his, he, he's, his writing style is very much for the layman, I guess, you know, if you think about it. It's yeah. not like articulate the point where it's abstract it's it still works you know like you can be a young kid or a teenager yeah. and, and 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 get into it pretty quickly yeah. yeah which makes it universal which makes it so successful you know so yeah so i i i i knew enough about lord of the rings i think i mean i remember being absolutely sort of stunned and inspired by the first movie especially when that came out and it really looked and felt like how i thought those books should look you know so it's pretty damn amazing you know yeah. the you can really sense the love and the craft of it you know like I, I mean this is just stuff i watched a lot of the behind the scenes but it looked like they they had created hobbiton and stuff it's like they literally yeah, think, created it that's fucking awesome like yeah amazing. i think um, that's a, that's a side effect of the new zealand film industry that peter helped or that that particular subset of the film industry that peter peter helped to uh create was mm-hmm. that um because um, there is a New Zealand film industry, there was like there was a ton of interesting films getting made in New Zealand, but um, none of them of any scale. You know, like it was really hard to make something the size that Peter made, and um, he's just incredibly ambitious and corralled the right people. But because of everyone's naivety making those films, people just went above and beyond the call of duty. Like no one knows knew what to expect. One yeah. of the things that like stands out to me at Weta. I mean, I, this is going to sound like you know trumpeting Weta's Weta Workshop's name, but 
and it is, but it deserves it. But um, <laughs> when I, <laughs> to be too arrogant about the place I'm lucky enough to work at. Yeah, but definitely. When you it's see when it. you see props from films, right? You see props from films, and they, I, I mean, I'm in love with many objects from films, like certain guns or spaceships or costumes and things like that. Yeah. And but when you actually see them up close, you quite often realize, especially in lots of classic films, that they're way more rugged, more cheaply made than you um than oh, you yeah. possibly imagined. You know, like they don't <laughs> hold up under personal scrutiny like they 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 do when they're on the screen. And yeah. that shows you what how film works. That film can really uh can state a lot and can you can fill in the details with your imagination really quite nicely. Alien does but a nevertheless, example of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but what what happened, I suppose, with the people at, at Weta Workshop is that they weren't aware of that phenomenon. They've probably <laughs> seen a film prop, right? Yeah, just and so it. they make their film props look like they, they're a real object that should be looked at up close. So it's actually, if you're brutal about it, it's, it's a lot of wasted effort. But that's what, well, that's what happened. Like all those films, like all the costumes and, and uh, things like arrows that had ornate detailed fletching, you know, that was designed over months and months and then, and then smashed together and by, um, like people that were learning it from nothing, but learning how to become expert fletchers or whatever, you know, like people were making this stuff way better than it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just surreal. Well, I think there's a love there, right? There's a translation of interest, a uh, translation of like um, investment, you know, like anytime that I spend a certain amount of time on something, it's, there's this investment that I have with myself and the thing that I'm creating. And, yeah. there, and it's just it becomes this like love you you you, you hate it at the time it, it depending on the situation and what it is but there's a part of like re, like respectable love for the craft you know and yeah and you can really tell that in what you guys are creating at the workshop because it's really it's impressive man it's really cool there's a lot of love and a lot of sleepless nights i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> countless i imagine from all the wonderful um, men and women that are creating all this awesome stuff and all your guys' stuff, but no, I mean, I mean, I imagine too. You you probably get asked all these kind of questions so much, and, and does it ever get exhausting for you to kind of like do this stuff, or do you still like gung ho and feel no. like happy? Oh, about that's it? a that's a good question. No, I'm I'm. It doesn't like. I I have so many different things on the boil now. Uh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and some big projects that I'm that I'm you know working towards that I actually lose sight sometimes you know of um of the amazing place that i work at and i'm really you know like i know that i'm incredibly privileged and lucky to um to work there so um it's actually really good to talk about because it reminds me you know it actually reminds me of like damn i'm like in a little slice of miracle land you know how the hell did that happen yeah no but that's really cool because it's like um richard saw that there was a little bit of potential and then then like kind of fostered it and grew it and now it's become this crazy blossoming uh enterprise, or he was just you know? drunk that day that's possible <laughs> yeah possibly a combination of both yes, those things it's never yeah. just one might thing have had an universe. aneurysm a localized <laughs> aneurysm just when he met me <laughs> he's like fuck just hire this guy get his beard out of my office <laughs> did you have a beard back then too no, no. Oh, okay, damn. So the beard is like this grow, this uh, this thing that developed through the years. Beard huh? is, yeah, it's a laziness thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> you work long enough in any one place, and um, and where a workshop is not a formal place at all. There's no suits or anything like that. So yeah, which it um, shouldn't be. It'd be weird. No, it's literally a workshop. It is awesome. actually a workshop. So it smells so like glue you can be fart and yeah. stuff. <laughs> it smells like <laughs> it smells like all the worst chemicals on the planet actually. It smells like everybody's high as shit over there. <laughs> we, we our old design room used to be in a room that's uh it's this actually a really neat room. It's this wooden floored room. And um 
now I think it's a production office, but it had no ventilation. It was the neatest room oh. in the whole bookshop, <laughs> in my opinion. But it, it basically was a funnel for all of the fiberglass. Oh, so, that makes sense. So, now. So yeah, when it started, when they started fiberglassing in the workshop, all the chemicals would just end up in that room, and oh, it's yeah. one by one. This is how how I know I'm an idiot. Is that one by one, everyone would leave and go home. You know, maybe maybe the last person there would go. You know, second to last person before me would go. Dude, have you not got a terrible headache? I, I want to go home. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? Why? And I sniff a, and go, oh yeah, this headache? is awful. <laughs> what's a headache? That's how I feel normally. Yeah, so that, yeah, that yeah, makes that, sense. You guys got the special sauce. And yeah, just, you, Richard set you guys perfectly up for the chemical induced. I probably uh, shouldn't say that. That's probably like no, a damning, no, damning bit no. of um. That's not, <laughs> I mean, every no, studio. someone's gonna get sued over that. But nah. um, no, now there's actually, I should say now there's very good ventilation in the whole workshop. There you but, go. Yeah. So the person that's singing is suing, there you go. Can't sue anybody. So, yeah. so no, take, take your energy somewhere else. Done. Yeah. Done. All, all the madness has happened already, okay? Just let it be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine that's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that sounds really cool, though. That reminds me of like um, when I was younger, grabbing bits and pieces from kits and making things and then drawing and then the glue and all that kind of stuff that environment yeah. of creation it's a there's something about the human psyche i think that when you create an environment like that your brain is kind of you just it's it allows you to kind of gel with everything else as well i mean i'm yeah i imagine when you um so you got the job and uh richard is like all right you don't have a beard but you can join the team <laughs> and you're like i'll try sir and then you start growing the beard <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you had the drug-induced coma for t- 10 years, and then you came out with this amazing beard and all these ideas. <laughs> this is amazing that I've been at Weta for 11 years, and the one thing I've managed to achieve is a quite a long beard. <laughs> well, how long have you been growing it for? <laughs> this particular incarnation, I think probably, <laughs> I guess, two, two and a half, three. I'm, an, I'm a terrible time person. I don't yeah, keep track of time. Same. I, I have um I use Google Calendar to be the thing that beeps at me every day to tell me that I've got to do something. Yeah. Which is the only reason that we're talking today is because yeah. I saw it come and up. I on bugged my phone. you like a hundred times. So you're like, ah fuck, <laughs> I can't get away from this guy. No, my phone my phone beeped at me and that told me like, What? Oh, you've got to do something. Oh shit. <laughs> so but um yeah, so I don't recall time recall time very well at all, but I think it's probably this one is probably two and a half, three years. But it it levels out at about a year and a half. It just stays like, it just, the same. It sort of yeah because I'm I'm probably I'm like a, when I when I go into idle mode when I'm looking off into the distance and I'm thinking about I don't know hedgehog porn or something <laughs> oh, I start perfect. stroking that's my beard I, <laughs> I start I start stroking it and I probably I I must like um I must just you know level it off myself by tweaking it mm. I guess oh pulling on it is that what you're saying yeah I guess I must be <laughs> yeah. yeah I think some beards uh, idle hands. <laughs> it just falls off. It's just this magical le- length for you. But I'm about to shave it. Actually, I'm about to cut it all off because I used to um, grow this beard for probably a this beard, a beard. I would grow the facial hair out of my face. Uh, <laughs> I would grow it for like I don't know a few weeks, and then I'd shave it. All it was was is, is um I don't like shaving, so you know I would shave yeah, once a week, then I would shave once every dude. two weeks, and then I would shave once every three weeks, and then I would shave once every month, and then I would shave once every yeah. three. Months. And that's that's all it is. It's not it's not that I like beards. It's that this is <laughs> um, two and a half to three years of not wanting to shave. That's all. <laughs> that works. People make a lot of compliments on it, which yeah. is actually quite nice. But as now it's made me paranoid. Like oh shit, people think I am the beard. Yeah. Like, 
Dude, don't <laughs> like, get rid of no, it, man. That's I just your... don't like shaving. It's really, <laughs> Shh, don't say that. People have faith in your beard, dude. They're like, oh, he works at Weta. There's Gandalf. Saying, there's wizards. Saying, uh... I have to. I have to chop it off now. It's like the beard is me. I can't <laughs> that being true. I am it's... a brain, you know. The brain has ideas. Oh no, no, it's just the beard, dude. It's, just the beard. <laughs> it's like Pamela Anderson. You know, she wouldn't re- <laughs> remove the titties. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. If only my beard was as great as you. That's true. I mean, your beard is amazing, but, you know, come on. <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> You're not going to want to watch my beard running down the beach. <laughs> Actually, that would be amazing. Blowing back at my face. <laughs> just covering your face. Just you can't <laughs> see anything. Nah, <laughs> I really want to grow a beard. I could grow a just ridiculous beard, I'm sure. I'm a hairy fucking guy it seems like as i get older the hair leaves the top of my head and it yeah. goes to my chest and my face <laughs> it's totally fucked up <laughs> i was growing up i'm all yeah you're you turning know. into a beer that's the same thing as me a, 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 um, we're turning into grizzly bears or something that's what's <laughs> happening like damn engineering that's evolution in action i know it's, it doesn't fit anymore i mean doesn't my body know that i'm smart enough to own clothes i mean shit Man, carry up, biology. <laughs> Shit. But I wanted to grow a beard, but my wife is like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, that's ain't, that ain't happening. So I well, get as far as a couple you, weeks. Uh, <laughs> my advice with regards to that is actually, no, I don't have any advice. My, I can tell you that. <laughs> You're getting me in uh, trouble, dude. My partner, Kate, she doesn't like beards either. But um, I guess I'm, my laziness outweighs her opinion. <laughs> Uh, the honesty is just too good right now. I'm enjoying that honesty. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's the best person in, on earth, which is why I am why I'm able to have this beard. That's cool. And you're you're yeah. mentioning you guys have been together for quite a long time now. Huh? Yeah. yeah, she puts up with your antics and Eight, stuff. Eighteen years of tolerance. So she was with you when you were in that crazy jobless uh, mode. Yeah. You know? And now yep, you're now you're the wizard of uh, the art. So she's like, "Damn, <laughs> gold mine! I just had to hold out for 18 years for him to do this podcast." <laughs> I don't. Yeah. He's officially famous. <laughs> oh, that's killer, man. I mean, I'm sure it, when when you have a significant other, does she do creative stuff as well? Yeah, totally. Okay, she, um, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Then she understands yeah. the read ridiculousness of it all then yeah absolutely. <laughs> she is ridiculous if that's what you're saying oh perfect then yeah because i'm like i have friends and myself included like my wife is incredibly smart but she does stuff completely opposite to me and oh, it's yeah? incredibly confusing to her especially in the beginning like wait what time did you go to sleep and what were <laughs> you doing <laughs> this is what you have to make up for all this time and why you're all shitty today because you're sleepy <laughs> It's like, sure, yeah. sure, she's the one staying up or you're staying no, up? No, it's me. I'm staying up fucking oh, yeah. drawing dicks or something, you know? And then she's <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing up all night? And they're like, yeah, it's worth it. I was drawing a dragon. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> but if you have a significant other that's creative as well, it's like uh, it's already kind of a rite of passage, you know? It's easy to be like, okay, like this makes sense. And all right, like I understand that. So that's cool. And you got it. She's been, she works at Weta too, or she no, does her own we've, thing? No, we've kept our, our sort of professional lives completely separate, which oh, I think is cool. a good thing. We, we sometimes Smart. talk about it, like, yeah, you know, because for instance, when I'm doing, um, working on the world of Dr. Grobots, which is the science fiction world that I, that I make, um, you know, there's, there's so many times where her help would be invaluable, you know, doing one thing or the other, but, um, 
whenever we get tempted by that, we always say, no, no, no. It's like, you know, it would end up being – because I live it and breathe it all the time and I think about it and I get really um, – you know, I I can't I can't let it go. So if we were both working on it, I think it would just sort of complicate things. We would get, you know, I, I could get angry at her for one thing, she could <laughs> get me for another thing. It's best yeah. just to separate that and have it be a, a separate part of our lives so that we can um, have a uh, have a uh, a personal life that's detached from that, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, sometimes it is good to have that, especially if you know yourself. And it sounds like, you know, as artists, we have a bit of ego or whatever it might be called, you know, it's investment or whatever. So if you have a separation, I'm sure it helps because, yeah, I couldn't imagine that would be kind of awkward, actually, because like, uh, that doesn't look good. Or this, let me draw over your drawing. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> yes, I could see like into in instant uh, issues occurring but yeah no that's cool i mean that's, that's i guess that's a smart move too just so you keep it healthy and stuff but yeah, yeah. i think so i mean i think we, we you know you, you want to know about each other's lives and stuff but you don't have to have to be involved in all the decision making because uh, that would just lead to more stress potentially yeah it's yeah. challenging I, my, my wife and i are our development and our relationship is changing uh every day it obviously does that's what makes it fun and interesting but yeah. There's been really hard times when there has been certain bits like get in the way, like um, when you're super close or you or you or you're working on the same thing too closely and you're emotional about it. It's just like yeah. one person wants to drive, so it's basically like somebody's driving a car and the other person grabs the wheel and like jumps in the lap and starts hitting the brakes and like turning the signals and you're like, hey, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, like, yeah. we're never gonna get there this way, but you know. Eventually, sometimes, somehow, you, you make it there. That's what's interesting, though. It's, yeah. it's not easy, but it's cool. But, yeah, I'm rambling, but that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's cool. I mean, that's probably how I would want to handle it, but we, we, we but do you it don't? differently. Well, you, no, you I guys mean, work well, professionally together? Well, I mean, I, I work from home, and my wife, she, yeah. she works from home sometimes oh, she and does then, and then she works from the office she works at a different place as well yeah. but she what does, does she, like, do? she does like wealth management so she yeah. makes rich people more rich that's all i understand <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> she's like i turn those numbers into more numbers <laughs> is they, she into the game cookie clicker no she's you into introduce candy crush that. though I don't know ah, you're playing candy that. crush saga i haven't played it yet she's like super wizard it. at it she yeah. She's addicted to it. She, she's at like level 500 or something like that. It's like, I don't oh, know. really? It's like wizard level stuff. I, I have no clue. I don't, I don't, I can't get into that stuff because I, I can't. Do you play games? I do. I don't right now. Um, I just don't have time. I don't make time for it. I think I've talked to you about some of the stuff that's going on. I just I haven't had time to do it. I would like to. It just seems like the games that I want to try and play when I go to play them, I'm like, ah, this isn't what I thought it would be. So yeah. I went back and. That I just, is, yeah, that's a pretty that's an annoying feeling because you get you build up games <laughs> the idea of games in your head yeah. certain things and then if they don't you know marry up then they can be frustrating i go back to the nostalgic though i, I actually got some of the the original you know how they rebatch like all the original like nintendo onto a disc for like xbox or something so oh, i'll play yeah. like castlevania or nintendo something. not a nintendo on xbox that's a that will be isn't that a hell freezes over moment <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, has it? Dude, how... Nintendo on Xbox? <laughs> I don't know. If it's Sega, I guess, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so I got my uh, my nerd terms mixed up. But I, I oh, just... I'm nerdier than you with regards to games. Oh, yeah, you're the, you're the game, dude. Greg. 
you should be, you know, that's your thing. And I don't know, I got, I got some of those and I was trying to play that and I was like, fuck, these games are really hard, these old games, man. Yeah. <laughs> have you played, dude, have you played Flappy Bird? No, I don't even know what that is. Flappy Whoa. Bird. Oh my God, that's awesome. You have missed <laughs> a, a little cultural bomb that happened in the last few weeks. Flappy Bird. Um, yeah, it's it's a classic. Check it out right now. It's sort of, it's, it's a oh, you won't be able to get it. The guy that's the amazing thing. This this is a ridiculously hard game, uh, where um, all you do is you tap on the screen. It's a smartphone game. Mm. You tap on the screen and you bounce this little bird. He flaps every time you tap it, which is kind of more like a jump actually. And you jump him through these very Nintendo like obstacles, like oh, through yeah. these pipes. Yeah, yeah. This is and, uh, um, Mario Brothers world. It looks it looks a lot like that, but it's um it's very simple, very fun, very difficult, incredibly difficult. But um he just took that game down like like uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. The guy, apparently, the guy, the developer, is from Vietnam. He um he didn't like that it was addicting people so much to the game, so he took it down. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but if you like those sort of games, it, it's it's that sort of old school uh, difficulty curve, you know. Like, in fact, it's probably more more, more um brutal than a lot of those those old games but yeah we forget like games modern games especially the sort of modern story based games they are um, they're they're designed to to drag you through the entire experience without you dying or without you very linear, without you being though. punished yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i totally. remember dune i called all those games like pew pew games because like pew 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 you know like all the call of duties and stuff yeah like, yeah yeah pew 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 <laughs> yeah, it, it's what they are yeah it's, it's a bit disturbing but it's actually i don't know it's like yeah go shoot and kill things and it's like it reminds me of playing like um like the last time i remember really loving and playing games was when i'd just battle my friends after school um goldeneye yeah. like the old oh Xbox. yeah goldeneye was the best fucking badass man we'd yeah. play like the cave yeah. level or all the different ones and we yeah. just i'd get so pissed when i'd die oh, yeah. <laughs> we got so good at that game we used to play the shit out of it it was one of those games where i felt like it's one of the few games in the world where i felt like i had some sort of symbiotic relationship with, yes, the, with the game itself where i felt like i was just seeing you know, I, I could see the Matrix or whatever. I was like yeah. really, really, really into it. Yeah, it's it's. It, it, I think it's the way that um, the. I mean, it was it was one of the first of its time to do that. I think from what yeah. I remember, uh, I'm not a huge gamer, but when I the games that I did play were like you know Mortal Kombat and all these things when they first hit really hard. So I remember like the big hits like Metal Gear Solid, the original one on PlayStation and stuff. Yeah, but that was great. That was an awesome game. And but the the GoldenEye was like just like one of those staples and i i know that same feeling when like you're almost like um you know the dude's going to be over the corner to the left so you move the joystick a little bit to the right and then you just like counter it yeah. and boom and you shoot him right in the head <laughs> you're like yeah domination multiplayer and that was so uh, fantastic man. <laughs> that's we you, we would we had ridiculous setup we had the nintendo 64 plugged in with all the controllers and i i was living in this house actually with my friend christian um, uh, who, who I, like I was saying, he works at Widow with me now, and it's he's curious, in, right? Uh, Christian PS, yeah, he's yeah, in he a punk awesome rock band work. with me. That's he's awesome. amazing. Yeah, he's, amazing. he's got a really great um, imagination and stuff as well. He does. He's one of the most inventive designers or most inventive artists I've ever worked with. You guys started um, at the same time, about the same time. Yeah, he started a few months after me. Oh, yeah. that's killer. That's awesome. But sorry, you were saying you guys are all nerding out. Yeah, we, we, we were living in one house, this shitty little uh, flat in Abbotsford Street in Hamilton. And um, it was a dive. Like, we um, we treated it really badly. It was rubbish <laughs> everywhere. But we had this one tiny little room that was the TV room. And it was neat. I'm not joking, knee high with rubbish. 
and we had a little oh. Amiga monitor. You remember the Amiga computer? Yeah, yeah, old yeah, school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had that, but we We're had Nintendo 64 so plugged into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we the Amiga had long had had since done its dash and we'd plug down Nintendo 64s or Playstations into it. Perfect. And we would plug the Nintendo 64 in and we would because everyone would accuse each other of screen watching you ever you know, yeah. that phenomenon yeah, yeah so you're yeah. playing g you know granted oh sorry uh, gold knight and people are yelling you're watching my screen now you know like, yes look quit looking at my like, location what, look look at your screen yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they get really angry so we would put cardboard dividers we would sellotape perfect two pieces of cardboard let <laughs> crossed over each other sliced through each other and ex- and we would put our heads in the little bay, you know, of cardboard. So one person's chin would be on the top and one person's head would be underneath. You'd have four of you on this ridiculous cardboard construction so that only you could see your screen. That's not a bad idea. Actually, I should get into that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, they solved that by inventing the internet. But um, Yeah. <laughs> but those are, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I've, I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I'm just kind of like psychoanalyzing myself and my emotions and my reactions to all this new film and media and all yeah. these things and i and i keep going back to like films like et and jaws and alien i'm like these are fucking good movies like where are yeah. these movies now you know and like i have a lot of strong opinions about these things just because i love yeah. this stuff so much and I, and I imagine you probably do too yeah absolutely. we're 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 a difference in age but we're pretty close um regardless um i think in eras and stuff so but like i mean yeah about- those movies you point out they're all ones that i would consider iconic classic classic movies you know that um that that nothing really like them has been created lately anyway do you think it's like because like that's it like that's all you get from that i don't know man i i really don't know i mean a lot of people will point out all these kind of phenomenons like movies have got quicker and attention spans have got shorter and yeah one thing that's really hard to disentangle from all of this is that tastes change you know and um like different generations uh look at culture differently and you know like so like for instance when you're a kid you know you listen to a band uh, or a pop band or something and you think they're excellent and you have no appreciation of what people who are 10 years or 15 or 20 years older than you think of those things you just have no window into that that cultural lens right and so you ignore it and, and you think what you see is great and then so as an as an adult now it's really hard to know what you know, a 12-year-old is thinking when they go and watch a new movie. Like, their frame of reference, it's built on the same frame of reference as us, you know, all the same kinds of things, but it's shifted. And so, it's impossible. Like, so, I suppose what I mean is, like, it's hard to know whether any of this stuff is better or worse. We we arguably think it's worse in some ways. <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know, that may, maybe the point is because it's different, but it's really hard to know if it's actually worse or if it's just different. Yeah, you know? it is, you know? it is that, hard to, to have that sensor, to be non-objective, but to be objective yeah. at the same time. I, I, I'm always really uh, reticent to say things were better back in the day because yeah. that's, a, such, that's such a, such a um, uh, just a persistent thing that pops up and it always pops up in people who are older, right? They always say, no, no, back when I was younger, things were better. And so every time you have that f- that feeling, like yeah. something must, must it must have been better back in, in my day and uh, or it was things are bad now or things are crappy now whatever they may be cultural or political or whatever I'm, I, it's not that it's not true it may well be the truth it may be that that culture from 10 years ago 20 years ago 100 years ago 1000 years ago was better you know quantifiably somehow yeah, but what's yeah. more likely what's what's definitely true is that that's a repeatable thing that always happens generationally is that people get older and then they and then, and they think that 
quite often things things were better in their day. So perhaps it's like a, a comfort or something, you know, because yeah. uh, we're creatures well, of comfort and stuff too. Though, yeah, so yeah, totally. We we look at those. We, that that's stuff. how we framed what good culture and bad culture was. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's what's and interesting, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and and for you, so you're like you're developing games and stuff now. Um, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Like I was literally going through all your, all these things I want to ask you about. I'm definitely not going to be able to get to everything. And I'm sure there's so many fans of yours that want to hear all these nitty gritty things. But um, the thing, I, Dude, there, I mean, there's. Talk about some. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's. I mean, I really hey, want to talk I'll, about. I'll give you a chance to think because I am busting for a piss. Oh, go I ahead. Just go drank ahead. Two two beers and I've got a tequila <laughs> sitting in front of me. So now I need to take a mimi and I'm back. Boom! All right, marking down the time after the PP break. I'm gonna put down in quotations PP break. PP break. <laughs> Because we're adults, we're we're grown men, and that's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a mimi. Have you you never heard that phrase before? I assume probably not. No, in not in the states. <laughs> that is a, a New Zealand mimi. phrase, mimi. Oh, it's Maori phrase actually, oh, or Maori. Maori expression. Okay. To take a little a little toilet, the number one. The number not one. The number two. Yeah. I've coined the phrase uh, frontal deuce. <laughs> what frontal deuce you know you drop a deuce you know what a deuce is yeah yeah, yeah so you do the frontal deuce sounds like it's coming out like solid like it's like toothpaste <laughs> don't judge it's, me dude it sounds dangerous <laughs> yeah you know it's sometimes you so got go it's, a it's a little creamy it's a little creamy okay that's enough <laughs> you've gone too far oh damn I All don't right. know why you would think that was that was appropriate <laughs> Uh, most things aren't, and that's what makes it fun. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, I'll cut that. I'll have that cut out, too. <laughs> uh, okay. Dude, I think it's... I, I don't mean, mind. Okay, cool. You keep it in. Whatever, I, whatever floats your boat. I actually, <laughs> I actually think all this stuff is, is funny because um, when people start to act like they're perfect or there's this there's this weird thing that i think that happens to people when they start yeah. to be like i'm fucking perfect and my shit doesn't stink it's like when you become completely in denial of being a creature that yeah is yeah, stuck yeah. to the earth by gravity and and yeah, and, yeah. and ages just like the rest of us like dude come yeah. on now you know like be humbled by the experience that you're just you're lucky enough to be here you know so yeah. so that's why dude, i find humor in the universe true. <laughs> yeah how could you not you know it's like that's but it's i don't know that's just one thing that i've noticed that i don't like about certain types of people they're just like yeah you know and that's when like, i think i think that's all born of insecurity i i feel yeah, that it's, it's like everyone wants to be um on top of their shit they want to find some level of success and um sure we when all people do. start to tell you that you're great you know um that can go to your head and then you feel like you need to fulfill that all the time uh, you know? yeah how do you and deal then, with that because i'm sure you, i mean okay. i am great so it's fine oh it's, shit damn <laughs> No. Well, are you happy then? You're, I mean, obviously you're happy yeah. and content with yourself I, I'm, now. I'm right? fairly happy. Although I'm totally, rem I remind myself all the time. I remind myself recently that I'm, man, I've had like massive bouts of depression and in, in over the years for various, you know, in various different times, and I'm not even sure why why they all happen. Some of them they I can associate with um, certain life events, like, and so therefore they seem like they were real depression but other times I think that is you know a chemical or biological something that happens within you met metabolic or something so anyway what, whatever it is it, it, you know that you're never far from that happening again because it's happened to me in, in many ways and many times so 
Wow, that's interesting. So, yeah, it comes in different waves. I think um, I've, I've dealt with it myself, but it was more or less from being completely burnt out and finding the end of myself. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't like that's this. That's a good feeling. I, reckon, <laughs> right? I, I, I mean, I, not to be um, to play down how bad that is, but to be at the <laughs> end of you. your, <laughs> you yeah. know, to, no, to be at the end of your tether and not and realize you've got no further to go. Is, is sometimes really liberating and it really reminds you about a lot of important things. I think it's... Um, well, it's, it's contrast, I guess, you know. It's yeah. like you understand how far your blacks go, I guess, you know, so you understand uh, like, how, yeah. how dark it can get or how far you can go and how much you're willing to push yourself to get there. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's that's been a really interesting thing and it's been interesting um, because I've been so fortunate to have so many really talented and creative friends and some yeah. of them let their success go to their head and that's when I go like, ah, you fucker, like you got to be careful that, you know, like don't, the moment you really start believing that and allowing your insecurities to feed that that is is when things mm. start to shake and i've noticed that in trends with all creatives uh musicians and everything it's that when people start to to think that they are this thing that they really aren't they yeah. start to live a double like personality i guess and it and they, huh. they conflict it's a weird thing that's just something i've observed you know i don't know i like yeah. to look at things like very just oddly i guess i don't know the, in, the how do you mean like when there's um these two different states or two different personality uh um states i guess um how do they how do they come up or how do you mean for these for these people how do they um well there's 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 the person that um it's like the young child the innocent child i would guess you would say and that's the person that um originally started to do this like say like yeah. uh, or or got into this uh whatever it is you know like oh i just i want to sing for a living or i want to play the drums yeah. Or I want to do this and that, and then um, they become famous. But then the world's perspective perspective of of that person is is not what that person really is. I think, and yeah. the the people there's a you know you don't, I mean we all want to be loved and accepted, right? And anybody yeah. that says against that is lying. And so when you're loved and accepted based off of somebody's perception of you. You just want to keep creating that perception because you yeah, don't want yeah, to lose yeah. that. And so yeah. that's when you start believing that. And I think that is when you um, lose track of that child. You know what I'm saying? That innocence. Mm. And that's where I think the purest of your potential is. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, what's cool is I, I, when I see your work, I can tell that you still are able to find that child, I guess, within yourself. I'm just saying, I'm just thinking that because I guess it's the subject matter you're drawing, like, dinosaurs and guns and stuff and that's like that shit like guy like kids we like to draw that stuff it's fun it's fun imaginative yeah. and it and it and it's rewarding in the simplest of forms of just like it's a fucking dinosaur you know like it's, it's <laughs> that fun. shit will never get boring it dinosaurs won't yeah. will never not be awesome exactly that's, yeah when yeah. i saw, i met jeff darrow at um comic-con the same uh, time he's awesome isn't he He's so cool. I've been man. thinking about him a lot lately, actually. I mean, I've been reading his new Shell and Cowboy. So good, huh? Yeah. Oh, good and mental. Like, I, yeah. I can't, I'm looking forward to asking him about it. <laughs> yeah, he's a like, crazy guy. He is. Well, he, but he, but he's also such a down to earth dude. Like, um, yeah. That's the interesting thing about him. Like, he's so he's not putting it on. Like, he he's one of the few people at Comic Con that when you walk to his booth. Um, it couldn't be any more down to earth. Like he's just yeah. got his table. He's got his daughter sitting beside him. Yeah, he's yeah. in his slacks and his t-shirt. Um, he and it's just his artwork spread out in some folders, and that's that. And right next to him, or just down the way, 
people are spending a million times more effort on, you know, or, or, or actually companies are spending a million times more effort and money on presenting things in these grandiose ways. And he's just there, um, you know, just basically himself and his art, real simple. So he's very down to earth. And then they read that comic and it's like, uh, this is almost this is the work of a genius moron. <laughs> it's, it. it's a because yeah it's two worlds it's two like, worlds I, yeah. I find it inspiring that he would like the, i re- just read this i read all the um all the new shell and cowboys all four issues of the new one and the second one i think it's the second one is basically just the same panel again and again and it's a panel that two panels per double page so imagine a double page you know you know what i'm talking about but yep. just for the people yeah. who are listening i suppose double page spread it's a panel on top it's a panel on the bottom they spread across both pages and every single one of those panels for the entire comic is basically a ground level shot of uh, Shalom Cowboy, Cowboy annihilating zombies with his uh, his staff, which has got chainsaws and chainsaws. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just however many thirty two times times two or something, you know, pages of that same idea again and again and again and again and again and again. (laughs) And it's like you, at at this point, you are both a genius and someone with brain damage. Well, I think it's, I think it's a lot of things that we, he's created comics with the best of them. He's created fucking hard boiled with, with Frank Miller. You know, he's created iconic classics in the comic book genre. So he's just like, you know what? I've been there and done that. I'm going to have some fun. Let's try something different. He's purely entertaining his, his, his own fun, yeah, his, yeah. yeah, and it's such commitment to me, like to, to come up with. I actually really like that idea of taking one idea, like one simple premise, I suppose. Yes, and then just coming up with as many variations of it as possible, or staying really true to it. That's exactly. what he's done with that second comic. It's basically, in fact, you could argue that it's the whole comic. The whole comic scales up to be that, but oh, it's so crazy inventive within it, within this like simple idea, hashed out again and again to an insane level. This insane creativity, yes, like in, just yes. super inventiveness, like it, childlike it, like, inventive naivety, but like, and no one it, telling him obviously, that, dude, maybe maybe you should, uh, you know, progress the character, or maybe you should do X or Y or Z, you know, maybe you should do this or that. There's none of that. It's just there's no need for it though. Almost, it's like it's nah. it's, it's 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 like it's, uh, that's one thing I think is interesting about like how everybody's adapting all these comics to film and stuff. And I, I honestly think it's like you just can't really adapt them properly. They become totally different monsters. Yeah. And sometimes it's no, like that, you want to hear that stuff, one especially. thing. Yeah, it has its own tone, you know, yeah. like and it's perfect for that. Yeah, it doesn't need like I think a lot of the times it's interesting because of how big movies are and all these things, these products and stuff. They take yeah. so much money and effort that they want to cover all bases with it. And I myself understand that. I get that. It's 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 kind of what comes with the territory. Yeah. But for something as niche as like what what um, Jeff is doing with his comics, it's like fuck it. I'm just gonna draw for my own like fun. You yeah. know, like I want to yeah. create something that's cool that I'll enjoy that I'll get up in the morning to do. I'm just I'm guessing. But um, yeah, he was definitely like if you get a chance, you're if you're at a comic con, like be sure to go by and shake his hand and say hi to him because he's just yeah. such a sweetheart. Like he was so cool. I went and uh, I was actually at Comic Con signing um, the Mondo poster for Predator. I did and I brought yeah. one over there and I gave it to him and I said like you know like this is really um, big thanks to you because like I grew up on his art. He's one of my favorites and uh, and he was and then he was like oh I'm one of your favorites. That's not a good thing. It was funny. He was like really, he was <laughs> yeah, really he's very funny. Yeah, Dude, my house. I I have the um. It's for me. It's almost a point of shame when I think about Jeff, uh, <laughs> because my house. I'm looking around. I'm up on the second floor, and 
all I've got one, two, three, four, five pictures framed on the wall. Damn. And, and f- out of those five, four of them are all Jeff Darrow pictures. That's awesome. It's like my, it's like my house. The, the shame part is it's like my house is like a shrine to him. If you were to come <laughs> to my house, you would look at the walls and go, this guy really likes you. This one dude There's really a- likes him. <laughs> like the- it's, it's kind of creepy. So I feel kind of creepy like, oh, I should take them down because I feel like I'm almost nah. remote, remotely stalking him. I think he might remind of- you that to have fun with your art, you know, like have fun and enjoy it. I think that there's it's- there's a similarity between your guys, like your style, even Christian uh, has sim- it. Simil- oh, yeah, the similarity is that we both uh, revere him. Well, I think you guys enjoy inspired it, by him and copied him probably. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. You'll, you'll find. <laughs> I think, but I think, I mean, I think uh, I draw like that kind of too. It reminds me of as a kid, um, your your mind sees something, right? And then as a kid, you don't have the hand-eye connection as well until you develop it as, as you get older. Yeah. But when, when I was a kid, that's just me. I'm just speaking for myself. Some people get it really quickly. But I had to learn how to connect my imagination with my hand and then have it come out accurate. Because for a long time there, I was like, motherfuck, this looks like shit. And I still, I still, I still am. am. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the feeling struggle. of me operating a pen. Yeah. It's like, oh, why can't it just come out like the way I want it to? But what happens for me is when I get, I get lost in that line detail. And before yeah. I know it, I'm like, oh, this is making a shape. And then I, from each line... I just create the next line and then it's almost like this little safety blanket of lines. And then before I know it, it's just crazy madness that occurs, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I envy artists that I see that can just go like, yeah, well fucking blah. And you're like, fuck you. Like I have to do all this detail and be super like insecure about my art in order for it to work. But I guess that's just style. And, and like you said, I think a lot of these things come back to insecurities, whether we know it or not or realize it or whatever. And it makes it really interesting for styles or what have you. But what's cool is like, um, like you're saying, like your, your, um, his effect on you creatively. Um, it's cool that you admit that, but at the same time, it's so awesome that I think you can only admit that because you've taken that style and became, it's become your, your own and you've adapted it completely to different um, genres, you know? No, you've you've, maybe, you've been able to push it into films and you know push it into all these different things, which is, um, I mean, I, I guess like Jeff and and George Hole and stuff when they're working with the Wachowskis on the Matrix, they did a lot of that stuff. But it was it's so cool. Like when I I mean like so I'm gonna nerd out too. Like when I saw District Nine, I was the the tank scene came on at the end, and I'm like, okay, like. I haven't seen anything like as special as this since I remember like watching like Blade Runner or like Star Wars or something like iconic shapes used yeah. in a thematic story that like has you emotionally engaged and so it had all the right formulas. When you were working on that, did you know that it was a part of something kind of special? Were you kind of aware of it when you were developing it, like working with these uh-huh. dudes? No, it's, uh, you're it's just an like interesting fuck. question. <laughs> it's all it's it's it, in a weird way. It's all sort of merged into like my my memory of it is is pretty clear, but at the same time, it's like it's all wa- woven <laughs> together with like the success of the film afterwards and everything. Yeah. I know that when for me when I got involved with it, I um because it all came through a relationship that that stemmed from Halo. We were working on Halo. Yeah. And uh, originally that was that was just this film project that we were working on that had no attached director, no attached screenplay or anything, you know. And then suddenly Guillermo was involved for a very little bit of time and Guillermo came across and 
Gemma del Toro and yeah. visited us. He's awesome and, um, too. He's yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. And he walked around the room. We had a whole bunch of art for up for him. And, oh, he and showed, loves and, that you know, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, so ah. <laughs> that, w- that was really rad. And, and so that was really cool then when he came back again later on with The Hobbit. But, um, uh, and and then, then he, we weren't really sure if he was going to be involved. And then suddenly there was that whole thing that, you know, Peter had found this dude, Neil, uh, who'd never made a film before but was sort of, you know uh, – He'd basically he'd picked him to be the sort of up and coming director, and yeah. that was and honestly not to downplay how cool it was to meet Guillermo because but meeting uh, sorry knowing that Neil was going to be on the film was the thing that made it suddenly realize oh this film is going to be good this is going to be a good film because I I'd seen Tetraval and I'd seen I think it was oh what's the other one the one uh, Tempot. And uh, I think I'd seen Live in Joburg. Live in Joburg, well. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd, I'd seen all those shorts online because a friend of mine, um, Ben, Ben Hawker, had sent these links around. And, um, and that was like, oh, these are awesome. And these, these, are, these little shorts sum up so much what, of what I like about, you know, why I like science fiction and why I like, um, you know, creating this kind of stuff. Yeah, he and nails that so, kind of that feel. Yeah, yeah and so yeah. That's, it suddenly made the whole thing valid. I'm, I'm a huge Halo fan. I was really into Halo, the game, but I never thought it would make a good movie because I just thought as great as the game is, it's a bunch pew, pew. of yeah, yeah, and, and it's and it's fun, but it's not that serious. And yeah, uh, and not that I want things to be serious, but um, <laughs> the last person in the world to want anything to be serious. But nevertheless, like it's uh, it just felt like oh, that's perfect fodder for a game, but that's not good fodder for a film. So yeah, I even though I was working error, yeah. on on that conceptually, I had. I didn't really think anything of it. I thought it was going to be a pile of shit, and then, uh, <laughs> and, and then, and then Neil turned up, and it's like, oh shit, okay, now this is suddenly a film. This could be good. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I was very into that period of working on um, of, on Halo, and then of course that that all fell over. The Halo film never happened, and yeah. um, that was a bit a bit of a bummer. And we don't. I think I'd probably. I might be exaggerating this in my my memory, but it feels like we were working on that for probably close to two years. Wow! Doing conceptual design, we did Ugh. a fuck ton. Of, we did so much it's design. All trash, huh? Nobody can see it. It's it's all just on servers. I think a few people have leaked out bits and pieces of it over the years <laughs> that I won't name. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, that um, that's all just sitting there basically on such on a bummer. Servers. So much yeah. buttery but, goodness so, over there. But I, that was also great because, like I was talking, you were talking about before how you sometimes you got to get to the bottom. Yeah, it was like um, I'd thrown my heart and soul into that, and then um, and then it all fell over, and then so for one day. One day on that day that it fell over, I felt like, fuck, what a load of wasted effort. Holy shit. What the fuck is the point of all this? Yeah, seriously. The next day, I was elated. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) this fucking thing is over. Halo is gone. Thank Christ for that. Now I get to do something new. And, um, and that probably took – so it was a really weird bounce from, from like, you know, being the most destroyed, having all this creative effort, like, powered into something and then just being leveled saying, no, no, it's never going to happen. To yeah. like the next day, I suddenly felt great about it. I really felt huh. great. That's very cool. strange. Yeah, yeah. That's lucky. I don't know why. Maybe it's mental. Probably brain damage that causes that. <laughs> it's, it's all it's like not glue. An ad- uh, glue. Not an admirable trait, probably. <laughs> but anyway, it's what I felt. Uh, and um, and so and then over those next few weeks, it's the District Nine sort of took shape out of that. You know, we would just hear, hear the the um the 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 chatting about it and then Neil came and talked to us and saying he's might, he might be doing this he might be doing that and all of a sudden he was staying on and he was going to start doing District 9 and we'd basically just start up the way we'd been working on a Halo start straight into District 9 awesome and you uh, guys hit it off pretty well you and uh, yeah, yeah Neil's one of those people that you, 
I just um, I have a lot of respect for, and I feel like I felt like at the time I was massively on the same creative wavelength, you know, and just it's thought this guy is, has the skills to and the right taste, I suppose, to do things right. And he's also he was just creatively into cool ideas that are sort of satirical or. Uh, you know, like he's not just there to make an action film and he can make a great action film. He'll probably downplay his, I think he would always downplay his interest to, you know, saying oh, I'm just good at making action films. But the reality is he's interested in, in, in complex subject matter, you know, and yeah. wants to talk about that. Even if he bases, takes that subject matter and situates a comic, an action film in amongst it, he wants to talk about interesting things. So. Yeah, it's and, like, uh, I mean, just reminds a social respect. commentary, you know, like from where he grows up i imagine you know i mean it's something close to home that he can write about so so even the ingredients when he ex- explained those you know it's like he wants to do a science fiction film set in johannesburg in south africa uh and it's all about crime and the, these crazy gangs and uh this basically shit going wrong with this dude aliens come down it's like this is no who who writes this idea no one writes this idea and gets it out you know we're in an age of basically we just come off you know, turning a massive franchise video game into a film and all around you are reboots and remakes and, and um, you know, that kind of thing. And then District 9, you're like, okay, th- this has to happen. This is too cool. Yeah. And somehow, I think, for sure, yeah, for sure. And having Peter behind it, you know, being like, okay, we're going to make this film that, that validated the whole thing, you know, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a ton of work too and all that stuff, all the things that you guys created and all the world that all the worlds and the, the objects in the world because it's an invented world which has like a lot of has some of these awesome um, oddities and interesting things that are connected to um, shape languages and stuff from the past but it's also like totally fresh and new and it was rad i think what really makes it special is it kind of like when i look at star wars it's 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 like there's a lot of people that were like joe johnson and everybody but it's always like i look towards the things i love was was ralph mcquarrie's creations you know oh yeah, yeah because ralph was just he was a definitive thing and i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not trying to put the spotlight on you directly but when you have a film and you have somebody that has um a very close connection to a lot of the creative stuff like you did on district nine there's a true voice i guess throughout the film the design language of the film has a uniform kind of feel a sensation of it you know and so there was this like a i don't know i mean there was a design language that was was persistent through the whole thing you know i don't know it was no no you're right that that's that's totally true that um going leading up to that film when we've been working on other big projects like um king kong it always amazed me as we were working on these things that they could be so have so many people working on so many facets of the design. So yeah. there, there were probably twenty odd designers, both in in two um, D art and sculptural art, and other people doing doing costume and things like this that are all contributing to the design. Look at this film, and it all comes out cohesive. But I look at it and I would think, surely this could all be done by one person or a few people. Yeah, and I. And and, I, <laughs> yeah. and that's what District Nine became. But what what that also equally tells you though is that um, my my design for District Nine is cohesive because most of it comes through through me. But it also it's totally directed by Neil. Neil is absolutely sure of what he wants, so he's not you know he's not fucking around. But it could have totally easily have been a number of other designers really easily. Yeah, you know, like Chris, Christian. If you look in the, the art book of um, of District Nine, you'll see a whole other movie. That could have existed visually yes. on, the, on the on the design side. That could have been Christians. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And 
Aaron was just starting at that time. You know, he 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 didn't really do much on District Nine. He just did a, a couple of um, alien designs and things, other f- few other bits and pieces, but nothing's in the film. But had he had he been the one to be selected for that, it could have totally been his film. Yeah. And, and and I and not 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 saying that like that film is my film because no, that would be to downplay a ton of other work. But what it, what it does mean is that again I'm incredibly lucky to be the one that um got to make a real statement visually with that film because man it's just um it was just right place and right time you know yeah and, you- and also I mean I really fucking threw myself into it I mean that's that's definitely um it's true I I. I jumped at the chance and wanted to do fucking whatever I could with it. So yeah, there's an energy there you can get when you do when you're doing that and when you're working for a director that's young and hungry and knows a lot's at stake. This is his first big chance to do something big, and he's working yeah. with a lot of really wonderful creatives um, from across the world. Basically, you got this really interesting like combination of energy, you know, that would definitely either it would fall into pieces and be total shit or turn out to be what it was which is awesome you know mm. which was a breath of fresh air you know i think a lot of people fans included everybody around was just like finally we have a film that isn't a fucking remake isn't like you know just yeah. super boring or i think know. so many people who are working on that film animators and modelers and everyone at the, at the different um visual effects companies that are working on it they all felt that they must have I don't feel like, um, you know, like for instance, I know for a fact that for Weta Digital, the entire machine of Weta Digital was not pointed as that at that film, as you would not expect, because it was didn't have the budget to take on the might of of Weta Digital. But there was a hardcore little group that, while at the same time as working on other big projects, focused themselves on that and did outstanding work. And the same thing I think is probably true to some degree for the others, like for for um, NBC or VFX and and. Um, and uh, Image Engine, who would you, they must have just taken that chance and just fucking you know realized that everything about this was interesting. That's what I think most of us felt like working on it was like, this is different. It stands out, you know. It's yeah. everything we wanted to do in a film, but without all the the boring watered down shit that you'd expect to frame it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because Image Engine, what they did with the prawns is just like, oh man, it was so yeah. amazing. It's really. Like I've been working in visual effects and all that stuff for quite a while now. I mean, not a long time, but enough to to realize like when a shop really does amazing work, you can see it. Yeah. They must have bled themselves for what that. What the hell, man? man. Yeah, what the <laughs> I don't hell? know how they did it. How many? Freaking... They were incredible. They were an incredible visual effects company beforehand. Like they'd done amazing work, but what they did for District Nine it was, was the um... next level. It was uh, like yeah. beyond anything that. I mean, it's still. Um, it's still like what else i mean there's there's films you can tell different grades and you can see different things and, and it's still like the prawn is, is still just so damn amazing and yeah. i think it's the textural things and, and and reading the book i mean i must have read the art of district nine and uh so many times and, and there was a lot of like really cool little interesting blurbs which I, I fucking love that book it's one of my favorite books <laughs> Um, I was hoping to get the same experience from Elysium, and I got a lot of really amazing art, but I didn't get the blurbs from everybody that I like. I really admired and, and loved that they put in all these little bits, you know. Yeah, that's because um, in that book, the Elysium book was um, amazingly made by Titan, who are a really great publisher. They um, they're doing my next Doctor G books actually. Nice, yeah. Little can, plug. Can pump, can pump <laughs> those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but they they're amazing, but they, they unfortunately for them they just didn't have access properly. You know they they yeah. could get all the great artwork, Takes but they're not built time. it. Yeah, like um, that the District Nine book was literally made at Weta Workshop yeah, by uh, Weta Workshop designers. You know, so so that got to be 
the the writer Daniel just got to walk in and ask people, what do they think about this? What do they think about that? You know, and then recount all the experiences personally. So that's a pretty rare rare yeah. opportunity. That doesn't happen very often. Which is uh, a, such a gem. Yeah, totally. And that totally makes sense. And that's that's um, the access to these things. That's why what I'm getting at is like is is almost as if I was there sitting in your guy's head and going like, okay, well, you know, Neil comes to you and says, I want, uh, I want this alien, but you've never seen it before, but it has to feel human, but it can't look human, but it has to look insectoid, but <laughs> it has to convey in motion. And I, I fucking, it's it, when it was, when, 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 uh, what was his name? Uh, the main prawn dude. I'm totally oh, CJ. Art for it. CJ. Yeah. When CJ was dealing with pain in the film, it's like yeah. it's it's like it pulls your heartstrings, you know. It's like I haven't felt like that towards an an object like that, an abstract um, visual yeah. like since ET, you know. Like and, I wonder. I mean, I wasn't there on set or anything, but I wonder how much of that is a performance of um, the mocap guy. I sadly, I, you have to patch in his name, but I've forgotten his name. But he's um he's an amazing actor. He was in um he he's he's actually at the start of the film. He's at the start of District Nine. The actor who plays CJ. He's Oh, he's yeah. the commentator guy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's like, one of the yeah documentary commentator. Yeah, yeah, he's got blonde hair, like a white dude, blonde hair. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in the. Whoever's listening to the SoundCloud, um, please just post in who who he is, or yeah. we'll put it in the link because, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure uh, they use that from the motion capture, but yeah, um, but I'm still like it. The visual effects translation, it's, it's so amazing. It's just really awesome. There's uh, there was a ton of stuff that poured into it. The day that you went and actually saw the final finished film. What was your feeling? Like, how did you feel? Uh, I, <laughs> that was really nervous. Actually, I was I'm totally, sure. um, I was a, a little bit terrified. I was quite excited, but um, so they, Neil had that uh, premiere. Neil and Peter and Shalto had were all there at San Diego Comic Con, and they had a premiere Ooh, at one San of the Diego. theaters there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, they uh, so. I uh, I basically just asked Neil, come on, you got to let me come and see the film. It's my first chance to see it. Otherwise, I won't see it till I'm back in New Zealand. And I don't think the film was coming out for like another couple months in New Zealand. Mm. So um, he uh, he managed to get me in, and I remember getting in there. And I looked left and right, and it was all press. Every single person in the, oh, in the audience was all press. And Peter and Neil and Shelter gave the little presentation. And um, the film started, and as I looked left and right, there's basically people looking at their their laptops and their cell phones, twittering. That's uh, <laughs> basically what it was. Motherfuckers. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, this film, I, you know, no one knows who I am, and yeah. luckily, and, and I'm either thinking this is going to be this film is going to be the worst pile of trash, or it's going to be awesome. And I'm sitting there vacillating between which option it could be because every film, no matter what you think about it, advances like a yep. roll of the dice. It's right? always you don't, you don't, it's such a weird thing, man. Yeah, you don't know how people are actually going to take it, no matter what effort. Or you even put yourself, it. you know, like there yeah. are a lot of people will love a film, and I'm like, that's yeah. dog shit. I hate that yeah. film. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. And you never know. No. So you're sitting there, and everybody's twittering. Or did people and, eventually turn off their phones and like, okay, that, well, that's attention. I stopped noticing. That was what I what I remember is that um, uh. I about. 15 minutes in, I realized I wasn't thinking anymore. I was totally, totally in the story. That's the magic. That, that's yeah, yeah. And that's what you want from a film, right? And yes. at the end of that, that's Imagine. when I realized that, like, I had been kind of jittery and, and thinking and um, over, over evaluating what everything was about. Up to that point, 15 minutes in, I was like, I, I was just watching a movie. So. Yeah, that's what you want, though. You want that immersion, that magic, you know, and that's mm -hmm. cool. And he managed to capture it. So after this, and then you're, you've seen all the work and, and all these scenes and all, all your, I mean, that's got to be really fucking insane to, to be drawing 
kids books to going to starting off with this stuff to, to working on um, King Kong and stuff and to kill yourself for two years for Halo that doesn't happen and then you jump into this random project that you don't even know if it's going to be good or not but you kill yourself for this again and then you're here uh, across the pond basically in San Diego my hometown what's up you know and, <laughs> and love San Diego San Diego love it's it. killer man it's a small little town we got some cool stuff here but you're sitting at San Diego and you're and you're watching this unfold and is it all coming to a head for you? Are you like, damn, like all those late nights or all these things? Like, I feel like it, it was worth it to dedicate myself to it. Like finally. I know. I, I never, I never, I never thought about it that way. Actually. I never thought, um, cause that, that time is done, right? Like that time and yeah. effort is just, is just gone. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, all I remember thinking is, damn, that was rad. <laughs> but, that was yeah. cool. That's like, cool. And I, again, and again, feeling lucky, like, damn, I, I, I um, I was in the right place at the right time to to be part of that. Yeah, know? and that's a lot of what it, what a lot of our careers are. It's it's the right place at the right time, and it's and that's really how much you wanna you want it, you know. And when you're when you're a cog in the wheel, it's it's kind of like you 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 get you get lucky enough to be that certain asset to it. And if you really kill yourself for that film, it'll become something else for you that will eventually become something else and, you know, spawns into other things, which is like, we're going to talk more about like the other avenue. I just kind of wanted to get into kind of like that feeling because, um, it must be interesting to, to do these things and then, and then to be a part of a, a project that is, is renowned or is, 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 a as really is really respected or loved you know within the genre yeah. of itself oh, it's, it's special it's nice, because it does only comes around every once in a while you know yeah 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 totally, totally. Yeah, but, no, that's killer and then, do you guys still keep in touch do you keep in touch with neil much at all or after yeah, that he's like I, you're dead to me <laughs> <laughs> i want the young I, blood now <laughs> you all know I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel no 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 that's it's kind of interesting because i do it there's a uh, like I, I would like I suppose a lot of people who would work in the film industry would um uh would you know have a successful film with a director or someone like that and would stay on with that person if you like as a sort of regular yeah, I guess yeah yeah I mean that kind of happens but um and if I was sensible yeah. I would have I would have done that but I um <laughs> but I I as much as I love working on that film and hanging out with Neil and and um and I do, and I want to do it again at some point you know depending on if everything comes together at the right time I just wanted to do my own shit I like making comic books and I like you know I like making music and I wanted to make my own little stories as well so yeah well, I, um so uh, unfortunately it just it just uh, I just had to turn down the next film that the, that Neil worked on and, Robocop. Um, remake Robocop. <laughs> 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 no, I, I know i should i have some stories i could tell you about that but i won't tell you how about the robocop that. remake with all the dicks getting shot now, that was amazing. oh i love that <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, I didn't even know about that before like you sent it to me i think i'd seen it the, the day before that but where the <laughs> fuck did that come from from heaven what? dude how? from the Why? gods yeah. dude <laughs> that is a magical and weird idea oh amazing if, if, if you're listening you don't know what we're talking about um i'll post the link in the bottom of post the, the podcast oh, but so the rest of the film is not safe for done. work <laughs> No, it's yeah. not safe for Earth. It's a, no, it's totally safe for Earth. I think a lot of man-hating <laughs> women would love the shit out of that that clip, at least. <laughs> uh, fucking dude, he those they must have made a lot of prosthetic dicks for that. Those are all real dicks, man. They're just really <laughs> asshole people that they threw. No joking. Yeah, uh. I heard they made like an obscenely amount of like blood-filled uh, prosthetic dicks. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's amazing because you're sitting there, and I think in the original movie, he shoots a dude in the dick, right? Yeah, and but you don't see the head. Of course. <laughs> you just, you just know that the bullet landed on his jeans in yeah. the place his penis lives. <laughs> But the most amazing scene, there's just like another scene of people just come out and then the guy, then you're like, you're sitting there and you're used to, okay, like you grow up, watch Robocop, there's no dicks in it, you're like, okay, your mind is like very innocent. All of a sudden, this big old floppy cock and balls just jumping around and you're like, what, what, what's happening? And then it just gets blown up and it's just like the most amazing thing. (laughs) And it happens. I've got to see the rest of that, like. So they, they those guys have apparently made the rest of the film remade like yeah I, I think it's a group of different people different creatives I actually don't know so but I think that's what it was it's just like a bunch of different people that I, I need to see <laughs> it's the whole Robocop thing I think yeah. I saw some or of they it replaced it shot for shot or they I think they did that they think they did mixes of different things because actually the production value on that one that scene was like pretty awesome and I was like. Oh, dude. All the shots sit together. The only yeah. thing you notice is that the the woman who gets um who's getting uh, attacked, it's like it looks. T- <laughs> I'm sorry, if it was a woman playing that character, but it totally looks like a man with a wig. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> it's pr- quite jarring. That'd be pretty awesome if it was, because it would just really really funny, <laughs> fun, ironic, and silly. Oh my god, I'm so sorry if that is actually a woman. <laughs> that's she is wearing up. a wig though. It's the wig that does it. Yeah. Well, wigs are, you know, deceiving. So, you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's It was just amazing. I, I love... The I, lighting is perfect. It totally fits in the film. If you were to watch that that the film with just that one scene edited into it, you would, oh. not, you would never know that it was not... <laughs> you would also be very confused. This is... <laughs> so, like, why did that happen? We're in the dawn of an age where I think this is when art in this in when in this genre whatever it is this medium is actually becoming art i think that's when it's like when people <laughs> are able to just be like you know when you you write a really clever or stupid comment on something and it's funny yeah. and everybody's like yeah fucking you know lol's cheeseburger or lol cats ah you know yeah. and but like now it's like they're able to take funny scenes are like their own comment yeah. and make it this big thing it's this is the when internet it be- is reaching its zenith eh? uh yeah i mean it's it's getting there it's awesome and it's it's what it's doing is just it's really interesting i think for me i, I see this really interesting uh, approach to how things could turn out and, and how they should be and, and probably never will because people that have a lot of power are fucking assholes <laughs> and they'll always be <laughs> egotistical and wanting to have all the power because you know how it is like what two percent of the world owns the rest of it or something like that some ridiculous uh yeah. amount but um i just it, what i think is interesting is is i'm hoping that there's going to be more of a, a, cr- a cloud kind of sharing of people uh helping one another to create cool things and just supporting one another kickstarter is like the first dawn of like what this era could possibly be but yeah, yeah. it's this internet has you know? that as its core anyway and that internet yeah. is all about people communicating right that's the whole and it's, porn. it's free communication free communication <laughs> and porn yeah especially if you want to communicate porn if that's your thing yeah but that you know that <laughs> let's talk about it's porn. really hard for the for those corporate entities to get into that yeah which is like weird they can and, and they're spending their effort trying to and yeah. the reality is corporate entities have made that have helped to make that infrastructure to some degree you know yeah or support it but the longer it it should remain like that forever. It has to. It has to remain like that. It has to remain as this because it's, it's basically free entertainment, you know. And yeah, like, the digital age. 
Yeah. Scott, not, Scott that, not that all entertainment has to be free, you know, no, like some no, shit no. costs money and people need to be paid for it. But the amount of just ideas that get splurged out there with no interest in making the money back on it, just just like here's a thing. That's real that's real shit though. It was funny when I was talking to Scott Robertson about this and he was saying it's weird that the kids nowadays they think that everything digitally it should be it's free. free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I understand that because I come from that era. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like when I was first growing up, you buy a fucking Playboy. But then the internet came and you're like, free porn, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> translated from like, I don't have to go and get that. I have it right here for free, privately, you know? <laughs> and did it, you ever have to buy porn in a magazine form at a store? How did, I how never did, did but I would steal them from my friend's dad's and I stuff. Did that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's luckily what I had mainly happen is – um. <laughs> My, uh, I would go out to my nana's place or something. Oh shit! Yeah, my, un- my, un- my my uncle, my uncle lived downstairs, and he had just had a massive pile. So when Perfect. he was out like doing something on a tractor or something, we would creep in and like just grab one and run for our fucking lives. And then, uh, <laughs> and that's it. But he had also like there was a pool room downstairs, actually snooker a snooker table, which is like two pool tables together. Like, yeah, massive. yeah, it's um, an interesting thing. Every single wall around there, all the calendars were all soft porn, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's where you would get that stuff from. But um, but once once I I remember getting up the courage to go to a stationer's to a, a magazine store and um and trying to buy a porn magazine. Do the oh, awkward cough. <clears throat> like, you know, you're... I, I think I was, I was <laughs> so young that I should not have been able to buy it. And I did. I walked up and I bought it. And I was... Both proud of myself that I was able to do this purchase and and, and ashamed of my, yeah. <laughs> ashamed of myself to my core. It's a curse, man. We're stuck with this crazy unicorn thing. It sucks, boys, dude. It yeah, destroys boys. our lives and demands everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's a one of these. I had this uh, kind of this ongoing bet with a good friend of mine. Not a bet, but it's like this thing that we promise that we'll eventually do stand-up comedy. Hmm. And uh, just because it would wow. be fun. Just like one night, you know, like open yeah. mic and go and do it. Just because Holy shit, dude. I'm too, way too terrified to do that. That, is, that takes balls. Yeah, I don't know. It would be fun. But I, I've, I've been slowly, ever since we've made that agreement, and I don't know, we haven't set a date yet, but I think it's maybe like six months from now or something. Just randomly go together, maybe with a group of friends, and like just go do it. But ever wow. since then, I've been what, like, like – Make it up? Like – just freestyle that shit, no, or you have some Well, I'm not that right? funny. Yeah. I would have to definitely do material because, and that's what leads me to this Whoa. whole thing. It segues into this whole like yeah. idea I have for like every time I have like I'm telling some stupid shit, I'll like put it into my phone, and it might just be like balls or something stupid, <laughs> but then I'll eventually <laughs> sew it together, kind of like how we were talking with the drawing. You know, it's like one thing leads to the next thing, and and like listening to like guys like Louis C.K. I have very yeah. similar like funny thoughts like that guy because I'm just yeah. gross and kind of har- <laughs> a little the harsh. Best, man. Louis C.K. is fucking so good. It's super honest and it's funny yeah. in the honest of like very honest ways and and uh, and so I, there's like these funny things that I have in this bit that I'm trying to create about like the curse of being a man and how like nobody says it and brings it up but I have some funny things to talk about with it so it's, it should be pretty fucking awesome when, when are you going to do this um shit maybe I should do it when you guys are in comic con we'll go out and uh, you guys can... you're going to it's going to wander up and take the mic yeah fuck it you oh, know dude, <laughs> just randomly okay, yeah. I'm there I'm there holy shit yeah I mean fuck who knows I mean that's very uh scary I mean I've played music I mean, we can talk about music too I've I've, I've yeah. played bass for about music eight, is much years. easier than that music yeah because is... you're like it's not me it's a stupid instrument and then if the, if I sound like shit it's the guy over there he sucks more than me <laughs> 
<laughs> and you can at least blame other people. But yeah, when you go up and you're honestly going up in front of a people that are expecting you to be a magician of their emotions and you're like, yeah, so like you're using words to push them emotionally. It's, it's very honest, raw, very challenging yeah. to do, you know? I've done a lot of public speaking over the mm. years. Yeah, you'd asked, have to. Asked, yeah, and um, I, I recently I thought, it's one of those things I'd ticked off that like, oh, you can do that. Like that's not something you'd ever thought you'd do in your life, but you can get up in front of a few thousand people and talk. And I yeah. thought, okay, I'm good at that. Um, and I, I, it's one of the biggest you know, fears I think in, in for yeah. humans, you know, it is. Yeah. Did you, does there, is there still an edge for you? Like, are you like, Ugh. no, no, no. So, so the reality is like, um, about three weeks ago, my exhibition, I have Dr. G exhibition. It's currently in Christchurch. And, um, there was the opening, uh, and uh, it was at a pub across from the exhibition, and not only was Richard Taylor there, of course, as he should be, because it's his exhibition too. Yeah, to make it. Um, but and all these people I'd never met, of course, because it was down in Christchurch, and I'm not from Christchurch, so I don't know anyone from there. All the people who'd lovingly put work into getting my exhibition off the ground in Christchurch, they were there with all their friends and all their business associates and blah blah blah. And the New Zealand Prime Minister turned up as well. Oh wow! And so, so it's I suppose. It's like a shitty version of Obama turning up to you. You're, you're about to do a speech. Shitbama? Shitbama turns up. And, <laughs> and, um, Sorry. So imagine how that, makes, how that makes you uh, – anyway. Like, I, actually, I wasn't, I, I wasn't um, really uh, afraid or awed by that because I don't have a great deal of respect for our opponents. No. Uh, nevertheless, nevertheless, he's going to hear this podcast. He's a fan of the podcast. <laughs> Shitbama listens to wow, it. Wow, that would be impressive. <laughs> You then you're like, shit, shit, I kind of have like some respect yeah, for this shit bomber. That's his new name. <laughs> shit <Shibama. laughs> right. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> but um, Richard did his speech. And Richard, I should tell you, Richard Taylor is a master public speaker. Like, dude can just start talking. And I have a dream. Just, yeah, man. Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's not, he's not Martin Luther. But he's he's getting up there. He's on the trajectory towards being yeah. able to do great speeches, and um, I I've heard some of his stuff. He's he does rip. He's awesome. he's, he's really he's good. And I've really actually spoken with genuine. him publicly, yeah, many, many times. I was and, watching um, that video. This is like the one from 2012, I think. Oh, uh, what's you that guys one? Talking. You have a beard and uh, you're wearing a shirt. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't know. It's it's a uh, let's see. Sorry, I keep fucking up your story, but it's a weather workshop from book to screen and beyond. Oh yeah, that'll be when we went to Frankfurt book fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're you're like shit. That was so like three years ago. I'm done. <laughs> I spoke. I spoke. Anyway, I spoke in a fucking shit bomb. Okay. <laughs> I realized when I walked up to give a speech after Richard giving a speech, I was like, oh fuck, now I don't want to do this. Yeah. Which, what the hell? The only thing that was going on in my brain was. Um, this beer is delicious, like, and I was drinking a really good beer. And <laughs> what kind of beer I was really it? They want another one. I really like and so basically, that's almost what I said. Oh, that's awesome! Like, Let's drink some more beer. I don't know exactly what I said. It was probably like a a, a minute or a minute thirty of of blathering. But I was like, at that point, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm not. Fucking <laughs> Of a group of people in front of my for the rest of my life. What are you thinking? And it's different if you're listening to this podcast now and you're thinking, he's talking to us. Yeah. I'm not talking to you. I'm spending most of my time talking to my tele my computer screen, which is playing showing a video game. <laughs> and so I have no conception. He's in his jammies, are, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I have no conception that other people are listening to this. But when you're up in front of like oh. hundreds of people, oh. uh, 
it's it's a weird feeling and like so yeah. that's why i say with with you getting up on um doing a stand up holy shit yeah that's like, um, especially when you're going to be like if you get up and do a speech people expect you to just thank a bunch of people think about thank a bunch of people and maybe be eloquent yeah. maybe have something nice to say and walk off but if you get up and have to make them laugh yeah <laughs> oh, magically shit. moving people's emotions and 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 i worry that like i think i'm funnier that i am you know like everybody says <laughs> I, I, I laugh at my own jokes i'll be like <laughs> i'll be like balls you know <laughs> and then i'm worried that i'll be up on the stage and i'll just sell a joke that's everybody thinks sucks and i'll just stand up there and laugh into the microphone <laughs> it would probably be quite good yeah. no one else is gonna laugh at your joke you might as well laugh. who gives a shit that's actually my favorite parts like when i watch dave Chappelle and stuff when he can't yeah. like continue the joke because he's laughing too much to himself <laughs> like that is the funniest part to me because i'm like at least the guy enjoys his, his Dude, like, i was his really lucky shit. i got to see dave Chappelle uh, uh, a few months ago in like, new york it was totally random me and me and kate were um in new york for about four days my, and uh we we decided we would go to it's called what's the un, it's an underground um comedy comedy cellar i think it's called mm, it's the I one that's it's in the, it's the one that's in the Louis C.K. show. Like okay. he walks up from it at the start. Yeah, and, Louis or whatever. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and uh, so I was a huge fan of that show, and I and I, and I kind of I decided well, we're, we're going to go to wherever that's uh, wherever whatever comedy seller show that is, and so we went there, and um, and we read on the um, you know, like on their website that if you're lucky, like these big name comedians will turn up, and we thought, oh, you're right, you know, maybe yeah. they will. <laughs> And we were watching the show, and it was great. Like every comedy, every comedian that got up was fantastic. They were all funny, even though I'd never heard of any of them. That's awesome. And then, and then, fucking Dave Chappelle just walks wow. out, and we were just staring at each other, like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and then we now it's it's probably like, okay, maybe he turns up there all the time. But yeah. at the time, it was like for us anyway. It was like, it was a, yeah, it was like a religious figure was turning up. Yeah, he's got to be one of the funniest human beings ever to grace the earth he's just so funny because he's just so honest and witty i mean most comedians that are really great they're really incredibly smart actually yeah well like you said they're honest yeah it's very honest well because i think that's what i'm going back to the psychological breakdown of these things it's like a lot of us um live behind these like facades of ourselves you know and when yeah. somebody is willing to be like ah fuck it you know i just fucking farted hi ah, i kind of shit my pants a little bit <laughs> like i have to go walk that's away. gonna happen by the way i'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> shit my pants but i'm probably gonna urinate again right oh, okay <laughs> anyways oh let's go wait, back wait, wait. we were we were no um, let's not go back to where we were so let's, let's go back where to, should we go let's go back to the future okay let's talk let's talk a bit about um what you're doing now with um so we actually this is good because we talked about district nine and your involvement in that and you know a lot of just little bits and bits and pieces a big broad stroke of what it is and then you're like yeah i'm gonna do my own shit and uh cowabunga and then you just (laughs) put on your cape and said fuck off bitches (laughs) yeah so where did you buy this cape and how did it give you powers now i mean inside like you've been creating stuff you know, since you were a kid. So you're at this point, you're like, okay, I've had an awesome run at this, but now I want to create my own universe. I mean, mm. where, where do you, where, where does, I mean, that's often a question I get asked from, um, with a lot of people with these things. And I haven't even 
gotten past step one really with this stuff i've shown you some of the lost boy stuff but i'm still yeah, developing it which is amazing by the way ah man thank you so much that was a. Uh, I knew i had to show you that when i met when i met greg at, at comic-con i knew that so many people were like hey greg shake my hand and take a picture with me you know? and i didn't want to be that <laughs> like one well, of those i've never dudes. actually met anyone who had that voice I when, so I I Com- <laughs> when i see you at comic i see you at comic con greg shake my hand it's <laughs> <laughs> like an arnold has taken a fall <laughs> <laughs> who told you can eat my cookie <laughs> <laughs> Oh, holy shit. Uh, dude, don't get me started on Arnold. I love Arnold. Arnold is the best. He is, dude. My friends and I. That was like, my inspiration when I was a teenager. <laughs> it to- truthfully was. I had posters. Was, it's so gay, but I had posters of him up everywhere. Dude, uh, who? I mean, how could you not? He was such a yeah. fucking nut, like a knucklehead, dude. He was like. This- Man, he's so inspirational, though, because I think he's like. I think uh, I've been reading his autobiography. Oh, it's so good. I've listened to it. Yeah, it's amazing. I haven't finished it yet. I'm only a little ways in, but he's... There's 10 chapters of how he had sex with the maid. It's amazing. I am (laughs) joking. It's only like a paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I was looking forward to that. (laughs) 10 chapters. He's inspirational. He's uh, he's a really inspirational dude. Oh, yeah. I mean... that, that, that's, that's what fucking, inspirational means in case you didn't fuck yeah you look at Arnold's face I mean you think about this this little skinny kid from Austria who started off yeah. he's a skinny kid you know pretty scrawny yeah. he ended up pushing weights around and somehow managed to push himself all the way over to America and become the biggest celebrity ever and just yeah. rule shit and then become the governor of Candiconia <laughs> it's a fucking <laughs> epic dude and he came and say California <laughs> It's just yeah. like, dude, like if there's ever a doubt in your mind that you can't do what you want to do or set out to do, like this guy has proven in fact that it's it's all a matter of how bad you want something, you know? Yeah. And he's paid he's paid dearly for it. He's lost relationships, he's had um a lot of drama in his life and, and he's made a lot of bold choices that have led him down, you know, harsh paths, but at the same time, I think he's always just been kinda of true to Arnold and who yeah. he who he is. <laughs> and what he's doing. I watched uh, some video on YouTube of him I found the other day, which mm. I'm sure millions and millions of people have seen. I love that one. But um, <laughs> one where he's <laughs> he's an airplane. He's in, no, no, he's he puts on a really shitty looking mustache and a cap and maybe a wig, and pretends to be like uh, some trainer. At a, at like Gold's Gym or something. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, no. I think I've seen the one where he's playing table tennis. It's like oh. a commercial or something. He's all, <laughs> he's like hitting the ball around. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. He's still having fun with it. Ah, show, man. Awesome. Well, he's, you know, Maria's not around and he's like, it's time to fucking go nuts. And I think he's literally <laughs> yeah. going crazy, just doing whatever. Like, what's really crazy, it's been a really weird eye opening experience. There's this guy, Henry Hobson, who I used to work with at Prologue, the studio that I started off in film and he yeah. was just like a designer creative director there and he was really talented and he did a lot of really cool things he left there and then he's he started doing a short film and like Arnold's in it it's like 
fucking huh. nuts, dude. Like, you go from, like, working with this dude, then he goes and does his own thing, then he works with fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'd be so, like, oh, Arnold, let me fucking arm wrestle you and, like, want to, like, <laughs> give him a big hug and, like, fuck with him and shit and be all super silly. He'd probably hate me, like, so badly. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, Pumping Iron is such a fun film. Like, all these things that he's done. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, like, watch Jingle All the Way. It's a horrible film, but it's so horribly fun. It's, like... It's all these things. It's just, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I love Arnold just because it's like, it's exactly what America is in the funniest of ways. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, like totally. out of He's control. He's the ultimate immigrant. He's the ultimate immigrant. He just fucking kills it, man. Like, yeah. even when he was, uh, I've never voted ever, but I voted for yeah. Arnold. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, fuck it. They all suck, but he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Even if he's going to do a horrible job. Uh, <laughs> at least he's Arnold he's, he's Arnold so I can't really hate on that so <laughs> it's better than some puny guy who doesn't even do nothing with his anything <laughs> uh, no joke my friends and I in high school we had Arnold night and we had like an Arnold modder where we would do like on a modder you know but we'd like yeah. we'd like we solemnly swear to Arnold night and all this stuff we're such nerds. You had your own motto. It was amazing. It was the Arnold motto, dude. It was fucking killer. It was like, we promised to get down every Friday. And like, <laughs> we'd watch an Arnold movie. It was amazing. Do you remember, what was the first Arnie, Arnie film you saw? Um, I think it was Predator. Predator. Which is yeah, like one do. of the best, you know? Yeah, that's great. I almost bought that on Blu-ray today. I don't know why I didn't, actually. It was only $12. Why didn't I? Why Boo. Yeah. I, you know why it was it's because I saw it and I grabbed it and I thought okay yeah I, I own this on DVD but I don't own it on Blu-ray and I mm. care about the extra pixels yeah and I um two, and then I walked around thinking pixels. okay I've got this now I need to buy Conan because I fucking Conan is probably one of my favorite films ah, of all time yeah maybe and, uh, it was the first Conan, one yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I couldn't yeah, find yeah. it. I couldn't find it on Blu-ray. And so that's when I put down Predator. Because for some reason in my head, if I could not have Conan at the same time as Predator, it was not worth, worth getting them both together. Super nerdy fact. Did you know the guy that wrote the first Conan wrote um, Apocalypse Now? You know that? Really? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Fucking crazy dude, man. Yeah, there's an interview actually with uh, um, Coppola. And he talks yeah. about it and stuff. And yeah, he wrote the fucking script for that. It was like an adaptation from a book. So it was like an adaptation from something, but he wrote the script. And so like, you know, like lines like, uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, like those, like yeah. those fucking, like you couldn't get more hair on your chest lines, you know, like yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's fucking, that's Conan dude. You know, like, oh, uh, wow. I know I'm drawing a blank on his name, but yeah. Um, Conan is out of control. Ridiculous. Dude, that first film is so good. It's, um, it's really quite a gritty, lo-fi sci-fi film a fantasy film as well you know yeah it's um it's really well designed like they spent a lot of effort making that a fantastical world but it's very grounded he needed weta big time back then well i think i i I look at that film and i think that that must be one of the films that inspired weta to do what it does yeah yeah it's not often brought up but i I look at it and i think um that's got to be the case you know but there's so much love going into the different cultures and stuff in there you know yeah yeah which is it's fucking killer conan definitely i haven't watched it in a while I, it's been on my list of things to go back and because i always worry that like i'm gonna rewatch it and be like ah fuck you know like no i, I, I don't think you'll get that feeling i think yeah. you'll watch it and you'll love it okay great i want to yeah. i was gonna start watching crawl soon 
control. Now there you might get. <laughs> but you know what might really get me excited is like, oh, how would I remake this and then like rewrite it and uh, then like yeah, redraw yeah. all the dudes and be like, okay, somebody give me some money. Let's make some cruel business, you know, like <laughs> because I think <laughs> I there's was a lot waiting of... to be rebooted and you you are the man for it. Well, there's somebody brought up a really funny thing on like when my Twitter feeds or something. They're always they're griping about like stop fucking remaking shit. I think it was because somebody was trying to like. I think the guy that made House of Wax was talking shit about Otomo and Akira, and he was like, I'm going to remake Akira, but the original Akira, like, it lacks character development, all these things, like, super rude shit that you should never say about that masterpiece. And uh, yeah. and I was like, what the fuck? And everybody's like, why would anybody want to even try to remake that or even make that? It's like, you just can't. It's so special of what it is and then somebody was like somebody should remake kroll and i'm like fuck that'd be awesome because kroll i think <laughs> i think from what i remember it had a it wasn't a good film it wasn't it was they wasn't like it was too abstract of a thing and the era that it was created but i think if the right people were attached to something like that and were able to harness what that the core of what that idea was, then it would be make it something really fun. I think there's also yeah. like Buckaroo Banzai and all those kind of things. Kroll had that crazy shuriken thing, right? It was like a, like this big boomerang shuriken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It created the title in the beginning. It's, all, it's like a boomerang right. thing. And I think that's, that's a real teenage fantasy. <laughs> oh, fuck like, yeah, yeah, dude. That's like D&D and zits and like yeah. farts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a culmination of all these things. And, and that's when we were talking about in the beginning. It's like, how do you know if it's nostalgic, whether it's good or not, you know? Like, but I think you just know. And then I guess at the end of the day, like we talked about, and we're going to go into now a segue because like you just know when something's great, you know? And you know it internally, and that's all that matters. Like, yeah. uh, my friend Anthony and I bring up a lot of times, like, the original script for Alien is actually a really simple script. Yeah. But with the fantasyful mind of uh, Ridley Scott and Giger and uh, Mobius and um, Dan O'Bannon and all these guys, it created yeah. this amazing universe, you know. And so it's mostly about the people that are on with their imaginations yeah. you know so which is yeah, which let's segue into like you creating it's like kind of like what an homage to this like the 20s and the 40s the 30s era yeah. of like sci-fi and all that kind of shit where how did that come about like where where did this all come from did, were you developing it a long time or it's it's one of those ideas i've had not as a full idea but just as you know like a lot of creative things just as the seed and you know, like which is that when when the first science fiction I ever remember was um, before I ever saw Star Wars or anything like that. Was sitting at my nana's place out on the farm and watching black and white TV and watching um, and seeing um, uh, Flash Gordon and, and Tarzan and the original King Kong movie and all those old sort of serialized adventures. They would often play them in New Zealand, like on a Sunday afternoon. And I remember seeing specifically Flash Gordon and just being mesmerized by it like mm -hmm. and the thing that always stuck in my head actually was um there's a couple of things but the, one of the major things was like the bottomless pit i remember watching this episode with a bottomless pit in it yeah yeah and, uh, you know i don't even know if i don't know if you remember that or from i don't even know if i could find the episode again but basically flash is having a, a fight around a bottomless pit so the idea of these ideas that, that are basically now sort of old-fashioned or whatever they they just stuck with me and like the the especially like the because simple ideas, the, huh? Like the simple things, I guess. Yeah, like the idea of just taking a rocket and going to another planet. Like, yeah, it's really basic. Now, you know, like if you know anything about space travel, you know what a 
rigmarole <laughs> it is to get one spaceship into orbit. But back then, you know, those they, they simplified it down and they, they took all that stuff out and it was really just like jumping a rocket ship. It's juvenile and fine. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's actually very gritty and real though, is, you know, in its own little ways. You know, it's like, so there's a real tactility to it and, and uh, to the sort of style. There's a real industrial sort of feel to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. To me, a lot of science fiction is sort of epitomized by, by that era of science fiction, of, of boilerplate and of the Industrial Revolution and, um, and specifically like the futurism that, that says we're going to go to the stars was sort of born in the 20s and 30s. It's like yeah, Werner yeah. von Braun, you know, making rockets. I think a lot of the science fiction authors and writers that made the movies and television, they're all inspired by the same stuff. And to me, it, same it just as really now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and we've all just bounced, bounced, and leapfrogged off those same original ideas. Yeah. Now, but um, when I, when I started doing um, when I the first thing I ever did with Doctor Robots was create a bunch of ray guns because I wondered like why, why is like I love the idea of the laser gun. The laser gun defined my, my youth. But what happened to the ray gun? You know, like I, I thought ray gun is somehow somehow feels feels even more deadly. Yeah. Yeah, like. The idea that it could disintegrate you. you, know, you could aim it at someone, it would just actually turn you to vapor or turn you to, to whatever the fuck, like leave smoking boots or leave your skeleton or something. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just a really creepy. Like, there's a lot of those science fiction ideas that are very, they're very deadly, dangerous, surreal, almost though. Like they're not quite real, but they, yeah. So, so they're very imaginative, about, though. Like, yeah, imaginative, imaginative in, the, in the simplest of story. Archive style, I guess, but they're yeah, fun. They're, they're like they're innocent, but they're fun, like interesting. And, but also, they're in a, they're naive, but they're real. It's well, a weird thing. Like yeah. they they have this grittiness to them, but they're also, uh, you know, like a, a simplified naive version of what reality is. And I and what I so what I like about that is not just that, not just the iconic sort of imagery and shapes and and ideas, but is that it's a and one level I like it that it's a reminder of what even science fiction is now, right? Yeah. That, you guys infused you know, a lot a lot of little bits of that in District Nine with the guns as well. Like the Yeah. It's like, oh it shoots but, an electric arc and blasts a thing and it's electric pile. Like, also also that it's a reminder of what science fiction what what we understand science fiction to be. Like fiction. if we're really nerdy fiction. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. the important bit. Like um Wonder uh, mate. Yeah, and, and, and also just making shit up. Yeah, why is that thing? It's like fuck it. He's got a fucking thing, and it's fucking. You don't understand it because you've never seen it before, and that's that. You know? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) totally. Like uh, I think some people, myself included, like I sometimes love science fiction to be very real, like to be about the the real things and be very ironed out, be very thought through. Sure, sure. And but then and that's cool. A little bit like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or yeah. even like two thousand and one. Yeah, or, you know, like that's an absolutely iconic movie. And and like you, you say, Akira. Akira is a, a film that revels in its technology. But what's worth remembering, I suppose, is that all of these things, whether you can see them or not, contain like these massively fictional elements at their at their yeah. underpinning. And that that's what um I like as a reminder. I suppose it's like none of this shit is completely real. It, the, the important part is the fiction, not the science part. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Which makes it fun, you know. I think that yeah. what a lot of that, a lot of that Flash Gordon stuff. I mean, this is stuff that I didn't really grow up on, and so I'm imagining a lot of it comes from the West, like the old West, like Gunslinger kind of yeah, things with yeah, more yeah. imagination, right? So it's coming from like Buck well, Rogers they, kind of stuff. They they totally took the Western ideas, but they added what they thought was science fiction pro- progressions. You know, like mm. so in the future we'll have ray weapons and we'll be able to jump in rocket ships because rocket ships were just starting to happen. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was. Like so, projected future thoughts and stuff, kind of like yeah, I guess. I guess what Sid Mead did for um, Blade Runner, but less, I guess, crazy madness detailed. I guess. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, there's something about that era of science fiction that's very romantic and yeah. very, you know, fun and and throws uh, and throws caution out, you know, to some degree. I, I I quite like that. So anyway, that's that's what inspired me with Doctor G, and Doctor G has grown out of all of those ideas but then sort of on top of them and turned into its own thing like I don't nowadays when I think of it and like for instance I, like I was telling you I'm working on a video game based on it at the moment with a bunch of um, clever people at Weta and it's I you know like people have called it steampunk and um, and so I, and I sometimes I sit back and look at it and go is, is that what it is I'm not sure I, I you know I, I never heard what of it what is that exactly I know what it is but for what would you define steampunk as being well that I that's a good question. I, right? I'm not it's sure. Weird. Yeah, me I neither. thought I thought it was technology that had grown grown out of the 1800s, out of the aim, age of uh, steam. And, steam, and, yeah, and, yeah. Which yeah, I, I, I that's what I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, but but I don't know. I mean, I, there's a lot of cyberpunk. There's like different things. eras of punk. Yeah, and then the, the part I don't like flag. is the inclusion of the word punk. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what's weird. Exactly. I'm like, wait, what is punk that? Punk is Six Pistols, Black Flag, <laughs> uh, and a bunch of other ideas. What it is not is um, is anything cyber or people dressing up with um, cogs on them. <laughs> <laughs> punk is not those things. That's, yeah. the, that's a very strange use. Who said that? And how did it get adapted and continued? Yeah. yeah something, something, something. Anyway, words are words. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, I just wanted to know what you thought of it because, yeah, it's interesting. What I, I've been my, the Doctor G world is kind of included in that, and that's totally cool because there's a bunch of people that love um, whatever steampunk is, and they love Doctor G. So I'm 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 very happy to be to be included in that from that point of view. But I never thought of it that way myself. I thought that what I was doing was taking ideas from uh, turn of the century science fiction and 20s and 30s science fiction yeah, uh, and, and, and reinterpreting them. And not reinterpreting them for science fiction's sake, but reinterpreting them for satire's sake, I suppose. I wanted to make fun of, of um, sort of cultural tropes or not even, not even that, cult, a human um, ways, you know, and and just frame them within an old-fashioned form of science fiction, because that seemed to me anyway, it seemed a, a a good way to do it. If I'd frame those satirical ideas within contemporary science fiction, a lot of them that I wanted to get across were harder to get across. Mm. Uh, They're more obvious for me if I got them, if I used uh, sort of. Uh, you know, old-fashioned science fiction, and I think a big part of that was it's British as well. Like when I imagine the world of the future, you you imagine America's world, I suppose. But when you imagine Britain's no, it's future, China, dude, it's gonna be China. It's China now. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying eighties yeah. futurism is divine is, is divine from uh, America. Yeah, the, the yeah, real futurism. Maybe that's China. Who the fuck knows? Actually, though. But anyway, yeah. when I think of um. Say New Zealand. I, I, I want to. Yeah, New Zealand is um, you know, we're down the world RCM domination, China. dude. Dude, yeah. we'll take over eventually. When everyone else gives up and gets bored, I'll have we'll beards. have this planet. Yeah, we'll have it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, but, I keep fucking with you. 
Go ahead. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah. Anyway, come back back to New Zealand. It's literally New Zealand is like a colony. You know, we're a colony of um of Britain. Although that's not the way many New Zealanders would think of themselves anymore. Yeah, they're like, hey, hey. hey." But it's true. That's where that's where New Zealand, uh, you know, contemporary New Zealand kind of comes from. Yeah. And um, and we. You know, we have all the same issues. You know, New Zealand, uh, Britons and whatever came to New Zealand and colonized this place and basically subjugated the Maori, the local Maori. And, um, and so those, inter- those ideas, anyway, are really interesting to me. And I, wanna f- I wanted to frame them in space because space is, you know, uh, is something interesting to me and science fiction is interesting. Yeah. And you can talk about those ideas uh, in ways that are, I suppose, more on the nose sometimes when you, um, when you project them in, in fiction, in, sci- in science fiction. And so that's what I did. And in, in the Dr. G world, it's, um, you know, we, our planet has gone to Mars and has gone to Venus. Venus is kind of like the equivalent of Africa in our, in our current world, you know, and where every freaking European nation has had a turn trying to take it over. Huh. So, um, that's rad. And so you have all these like stories that you've built out from like your elaborate, you know, imagination. But what I love and I'm, I'm attaching myself to personally and I'm relating to is that, you started off with like, okay, laser guns are cool, but what about a ray gun? And then it's like, <laughs> blah, blah, you know, and then it's like, yeah, now I have like, a fucking world, uh, you know, and then you just yeah, tweak out on like random details. And that's, that's, oh, totally, I think that's how the coolest that. ideas come. The, the, when I read interviews on like some of my favorite stories, it's just like, yeah, well, like I like fucking donuts and cars. And I was like, oh, donut car yeah it's like this fucking where, brilliant you know like where is this donut car <laughs> well I was, I was actually trying to think of like uh when frank miller was creating like um sin city and stuff he was just saying he was originally just really into noir shit and he was like and then he i think what he did is he, he like collected a ton of like toy cars and shit so he could learn how to draw yeah. them and stuff and then he wanted to create a detective story and that guy can sew a story so well he's done it so yeah. well with all the batmans and stuff but I just thought that that there was it's it's something that connects I connect with personally uh, when I draw I'm like uh, when you're going to sit down and, and dedicate time to it yeah I personally think and and I see it from you and everybody that I admire what you guys are doing is that you're doing it from like the core sense of like I just want to have fun and this is fun to me you know like yeah. this is the world that I enjoy if I'm going to create a world I'm going to do this one because this is fun you know, like yeah. it, it, because it, eventually, like, I think, as you know, it's like if you if it's not fun and you're not doing it right or if it's not vibing with you, it's like you instantly are like, why am I doing this? You know, and that turns to shit, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> in your experience with this, it's you've consistently kept it like really strong going on, just like kind of like jamming along on everything. And it's been like a lot of fun for you, like rewarding experience. Oh, totally. You. It's totally good. Well, it I would, I would not lie. It's like a there's a. um up and down to all of it like i i'm i'm interested in a bunch of different ideas and a bunch of different outlets and um in any any creative world that you can imagine you can imagine another one right now right we can start riffing on something and let's do it dude no no do it right now okay (laughs) no let's not do it right now yeah they're listening i need another another tequila yeah people are listening (laughs) but um but you know, it's it's actually really really difficult to keep something like that going. So what you yeah. what happens? Luckily for me, is that every now and then, um, new people have come into the mix who've mm. inspired me and have made me uh, sort of reimagine a new angle for this thing. That's so cool. for Doctor G, like I felt like the Doctor G world could have lived and died within making a bunch of cool ray guns, and then Richard's inspiration, like. Uh, 
telling me, you know, you should you should do a comic of this. Like that that led to the first book, mm. and then the second book, and the third, and and then the third book. And the third book, I think I'd almost expended all the ideas I possibly wanted to on this kind of sub on the particular subject matter of of um, the core of Doctor G. But sort of, I don't know. And I actually ended up getting more into the character stuff of this one guy, Lord Coxwain, who's kind of this moronic figurehead of the whole world. But I could have left it right there. Like that that would have been that. And um, I would have had to start thinking about another thing to do. And then another dude turns up in my life, and that's this guy Roni, who's um, uh, who works in this, who created this company, Magic Leap, and that's where the video games come from. Mm. And that it's his inspiration that's made me think, like, shit, like I can, I can, I can tell another story within this. So I grabbed a bunch of other elements of the Doctor Grobot's fiction and started building on top of those. So for me, like, uh, like none of these ideas would exist beyond the initial inspiration I, I you know like like the ray gun is the inspiration and then i then i make it and then i had the freaking idiocy or the tenacity to keep on going with it to <laughs> the point of actually making it into an object but after i'd made them into an had done that and released them as objects i could have just left it at that you know yeah but yeah. it's actually been these people that have come along and then now it's the people that um are, are joining me helping to, me to create it because like before it was mainly me you know like yeah uh, well it was almost all me it was just basically me writing and writing and illustrating the books and then um and then i would get another person involved in helping me like i got a friend who would help me with a little bit with the visualization of the, the graphics of the world and then now with the game, you know, there's a whole other group of people that have come in and injecting their own ideas, and it's actually and that's that's the stuff that's actually keeping me keeping me inspired with it. Because if it was otherwise, I would probably have just moved on to the next thing. I mean, I think if you ever look at my my blog, for instance, you'll see there's like tons of ridiculous ideas on there. And any one of those, <laughs> I, at a moment's notice, if it wasn't for the uh, the inspiration I've got from these other people like Richard and Roni and 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 the people I'm working with, I would have dropped that shit and gone on to some other ridiculous thing. Yeah, uh, in in a heartbeat because I'm I'm a bit scatterbrained like that, I suppose. Yeah, which I think maybe it's because you burn at a certain like RPM, I guess. You know, that's how kind of how I look at it too. Um, if you can if you kind of like you need a lot of energy or it, it takes a lot of energy out of you, it's like yeah. uh, like this takes so much energy. I've already expelled a lot of it. I'm gonna go jump on to something else, you know. And then you're like, yeah, or, or or you're just too dumb. Like that's it for me. Like I <laughs> I, I had a wall of like all the ideas that are possible within my brain have fired out of that. And now like, okay, so I need to find some other thing because <laughs> a bunch of other ideas might come out of that. Yeah. And um, What's but with with this, like you know, it's like what you realize is that other people come into the mix. Say, especially with the game and with the people I've got working on me. Uh, working with me on the um, on the game, they've got a whole bunch of disparate opinions and ideas and ways of thinking, mm. and they're able to spin it in all totally new different ways. And that's actually quite, it's actually the most inspiring thing for me. Yeah, it's like seeing them taking the the the, the sort of seed of the idea and then riffing on it and turning it into something even better than I possibly could have imagined myself. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. And it's cool that you're open to collaborations and stuff because oftentimes, you know, like I think there's a saying, I can't, I'm totally butchering it. I butcher every saying because I don't remember the exact words, but it's like um, a smart person. Uh, if you want to get something done, you have to like involve others basically. Like you can do yeah. something amazing, but if you want to do something like truly inspiring, like you have to involve others, you know, a smart collaborator. And, and hence, you know, it's, 
Spielberg and Cameron and all these guys, you know, Kubrick and stuff. People, what's yeah, funny? They gather clever people around them. They give. They uh, gather yeah, people around dude, them that can shit. contribute more than they could. Oh know? yeah, exactly. I mean, what's funny is like a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, like Spielberg made that movie. It's like, oh, well, you know, like if you really think about it, it's a team of a lot of people that are doing that. You know, like yeah. of course he's the one that's saying yes or no, but it's also like the blood sweat and tears of everybody on that team you know yeah. and so that's good i mean if you have a if you have a really good collaborative effort from everybody that you're involved with on this stuff that's awesome because that just makes it better you know so well that's the that's the plan anyway yeah. uh, you know that's that's the goal is totally uh um you, you just try and gather people around you that you love and know that are interesting and and make cool shit and see what you can do with that you know? yeah there's something's good going to come out of that no matter what if you if you're succeeding at this moment in time then that's you know like like we're saying like you're already lucky enough to have that so it's like just yeah. enjoying that um stage itself is already like a, a huge like awesome thing you know to have so now that's killer and that's that's what you know what's actually really funny another story i have um is i actually met you a couple years before at a comic-con i think this yeah. is before I even knew any of this stuff, and I and I was at Comic Con, and I was like, eh, nerdy Comic Con guy," and like had some <laughs> like comic book swag or something I was buying or something, and I came up to um, the Weta booth, and I had no yeah. clue of what it was, and I walked up to this guy with a big ass beard, and I was like, "Hey, what's this stuff? This is pretty cool." And it was like you guys were, I think, promoting some kind of the workshops like props or something and and you're explaining to me you're all okay come here little guy let me explain to you like this is... <laughs> did i talk to you like that no 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 you were super nice you were super nice but it was it was funny it was just funny um, that sounds like me you're all hey like, little hey little man little guy i'm taller you're all hey, come snuggle here. buns yeah. come on over here <laughs> come here handsome child yeah <laughs> Check out this pew pew gun. Pew pew pew. <laughs> no, but it was it was cool because like um, I don't know it's it's funny going there seeing and meeting you but being totally like um, after I had seen District Nine and I had bought the book I was like motherfuck I met this guy at Comic Con <laughs> and acted like a, a total asshole not an asshole just I didn't know what I was talking about I was like so what's this what's Weta oh yeah. Oh, you guys from New Zealand? Oh, that's cool. What do you guys do? Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. I, I think um, that, that that still happens, and I really appreciate actually when that happens because I um, it's a good reminder. Yeah. Like, it's it, it it levels your ego when you meet people who who've no no fucking clue what you've done. Totally, uh, I love that too. I think that's really important to have to be like, yeah, like as much as that's what we we're talking about in the beginning too is like. So many people will blow so much smoke up your ass, and it's awesome. Oh, totally, it, it's so nice. Uh, it's not awesome. Well, no, it, well, it's, it's awesome when people it, are generally like appreciative of what you're doing. Yeah. But, but it's also so thin. Like I yes, tell you that, yes. that 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 feedback is it's wonderful. I don't mean to relegate it, but it's sure. so so thin. Yeah. It, it it and and you feel it, you know. But when um, yeah, when it's more meaningful when it's uh, it comes from the heart, and someone like yourself is like picked up on it and not realized where it came from it was meaningless beforehand and it's it's clicked with them and resonated and then suddenly you know it there's a beauty in them. that there's a total yeah. beauty in that they haven't that, been that, sold on it you know? yes exactly and it's almost like that effortless thing and there's this really interesting thing that coppola says at the end of um, his documentary uh, heart of darkness which is the documentary that his wife made of him while he was creating apocalypse now it's an amazing documentary i don't know if you've ever seen it no, but at the end of it, he says this really amazing thing, and I, again, I'm totally butch butchering it, but the gist of it, he was saying that, like, eventually, 
this genre, this media, this thing that we're creating, this 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 impossible thing that I was trying to bring bring forth to light life um, that I you know ne- he nearly went insane creating it. Um, mm. he, he was saying that some you know random fat girl in like Louisiana is going to grab a camera and go and make random shit and it's going to be art. It's going to be this thing that people are just going to effortlessly create out of just the joy of creation rather than like. Oh, I gotta get a budget. Then I need to put Coca-Cola in here, and I need to talk to fucking Joe Bob to get the Coca-Cola thing, and send an email and talk to that person. It's like it, it, there's there's the intention, and then there's yeah. the idea of actually getting the intention accomplished. You know, yeah. it's and, and as a as a creator of things, as a creator of of big um, projects and stuff, and you're you know you know just as well as as most about like how much work it actually takes to bring forth ideas, you know, manifesting yeah. them. It's a ton of fucking work, a ton of sacrifice. But the thing that I was going to get back to is that with Coppola, a guy that's accomplished some of the best films, I think Apocalypse Now and like, you know, The Godfather, he's, he's really set a tone for himself and made amazing films. And he was saying, and I totally agree with him, is is that's really when it's going to become itself. And that's, you know, what I'm getting at, I think, is, is when we are sitting there and we're just drawing for fun as kids that's yeah. the art for me that's what that's yeah. the shit i love you know that's why i love seeing like dude sketchbooks because i'm like hey you're fucking you're being a nerd right here this is <laughs> awesome like you're totally yeah. fucking up this looks like shit but it's cool because you're just having fun you're not worried about like is this gonna get on cg hub oh shit you know like how many yeah. clicks and likes am i gonna get you know and it's in like you said it's incredibly thin but yeah it's a facade you know it's a very it's a very odd facade you know and and it's i don't know it's it's, it's, it's interesting i guess you know yeah yeah it's what's what's nice being um when you do make a connection with a fan or with a person another person that's into what you do admire is actually yeah. it's not like a yeah it's not like those uh sort of i don't know the mini comments or anything like that it's like a for me like recently for instance i just got get r- random emails from someone I've never heard from before. <laughs> yeah. And uh and they just they probably only found out about your stuff recently and they're f- like from some strange country somewhere in the world. And um, you know, and they're interested in how you've got to do what you've done, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's like how did you even find me, you know, and and the fact that you've done something that that's connected like that, it's just lucky. It's just lucky, man. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's just sweet. You know? Well, I think that's what it is with art, though. Personally, I think it's like when you create art, it's like the image within inside of you, I guess, in in a sense, and in, in the most abstract sense, it's like you're drawing stuff to have fun, and, and you're and you're still like going back to that moment, like you're saying when you saw that Flash Gordon, it was before mm-hmm. you had seen Star Wars, and I think even like Spielberg and and George were heavily influenced by Flash Gordon, all those serials. Absolutely, yeah, they I mean, were. that's you know the intro for Star Wars when it's with the cascading font away from us. I mean, that's, that's Flash Gordon. Didn't Flash Gordon yeah. do this kind of serials? We'd have this yeah. similar kind of oh, thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they're just, they're just riffing off of that. And he just managed to, to take that. And Joseph Campbell's, you know, amazing way of magically creating story arcs and, and creating this universe from it, which, and, you know, and then hired Ralph McQuarrie and, you know, all these visionaries, you know, but there's interesting trends that happen from these things. But absolutely. When you go back to when people admire your stuff, 
and you get respected for it. And I'm going all over the place. I apologize. <laughs> You're all like, uh, where are you now? <laughs> but, oh, dude, I've realized that tequilas have caught up with me. Oh, I've still uh, got a little bit left at the bottom of this glass. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been chatting for a long time, and I should probably yeah. let you go soon. But uh, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. that, And I, was, I totally had forgot about that moment that I had met you prior. But it was really yeah. cool to be like, I mean, I really literally didn't know anything about this stuff. I, I'm really actually new to film industry and all that stuff for i've been into it for like five years now and yeah. I, I just get obsessed with all this stuff because that's the only way i go it's like 100 miles an hour or nothing at all yeah in one direction that's good that's the way to do it yeah just, soak it, just dive in and soak, soak it, it all up exactly and i you probably is similar right i mean similar you just kind of get yeah. into it and go like now you're into video games so you're like understanding i've the always yeah stuff. i've always been into video games but i've never had a chance to be um really properly involved i've been dibble, dabbling in them and for the last five years but not seriously and so now it feels like for me right at the moment it feels like shit yeah this is what i want to do i want to make, <laughs> yeah. I want to make video games. These are the, like i i've been like an evangelist for video games my whole life i think ever since i was a kid perfect and yeah. i i always feel like uh films were like a weird sidestep like i feel really lucky to have done them yeah and i and i did feel like so much of my early life was inspired by people like ralph Macquarie and sydney and others but um, but it's not like a, when when I think about what motivates me in the day, or like what what I, no not even what motivates me. What do I rabbit on about to my friends? Like when I sit down and talk and like about shit that inspires me, it's like it's all video games. It's all video games. That's all I fucking and you know. Are you big just, into anime at all or anything like that as well? I I was quite into anime, but not not probably not quite as massively. I suppose I was interested in a lot of. Um, I'm more interested in Japanese games, I suppose, in general than anime itself. I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Are you as, a fan as, of as, Japanese culture though? Like it seems like a lot of the dudes at Weta, yeah. like you guys are all like influenced by the, yeah, to- the well, totally. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, could yeah. you not really? I, yeah. When I um I I totally became inspired by just Japanese video game culture, for instance. Like when I learned that um Japanese would queue up for video games when they came out, like a new video game system or a new Final Fantasy or something, I just thought that was awesome. Like how could you be so into games that you would be willing to sleep outside for the night and um in a, you know, for a launch of a new video game <laughs> console or something, I thought that that's something I've got to do, and I did do that. I went and did that for PlayStation Two. Uh, we, me and my partner Kate, we went and had um had a holiday in Japan back in two thousand, two thousand, I think it was two thousand, and um and we timed it so that we would go there when PlayStation Two came out, just because I wanted to see what that was like. What is it like when people? It's like a whole massive group of nerds get so excited for something. They want to hang out on a street in their thousands. And so I got to be part of that. And it was like, that was really neat. It was That's really killer. fun. It's a cool, yeah. it must have been an interesting experience for sure. Dude, because of thousands, tens of thousands of people on the streets of Akihabara just queuing up to buy a box full of electronics. I just thought that was, I just thought that <laughs> well, was neat. religious I know experience that's become, out there though. Yeah, you know. It was a little bit like that. It's a little, I always thought of it um, that the, what I'd given myself was a little bit like Woodstock for nerds or something. Yeah. We slept out 24 hours and uh, we, we went and found ourselves some cardboard so we could lie down on the concrete <laughs> on these cardboard boxes. Japan's we would, super damn clean though from what I've heard. That's, like that's a good thing is it felt, yeah, in any other part of the world you'd feel like this is a terrible idea but yeah. in Japan it's like, no, th- this is alright. The this, sidewalks have like sleeping bag, like, like they're all soft <laughs> well, and shit. <laughs> there were vending machines everywhere, right? They, yeah, they yeah. Literally are. Everything's automated so we would, here yeah yeah and we would walk to a vending machine grab 
uh, hot coffee in a can and yeah. you'd bring it, bring it back and you wouldn't drink it. You'd just hold on to the can just to keep yourself warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just knew that there was a machine down the road oh, making, a little, making a little capsule of warm that you could use. That's so cool. They have such a <laughs> rad culture. That's, uh, I've only been there just recently just passing through, so I was at the airport for five hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All my life I've been wanting to go. So I have to get, I've I, only I been there go. that once and uh, it was fantastic. I that have to go back. Like, that sounds like a cool experience. So. Yeah, it's a fun place. Yeah, I they 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 get into shit, man. They get into their games and their, their comics and everything, you know. I seriously think it's that island thing, though. I think it's that island. It's something that happens to humanity when they're in. Uh, they're connected within a, a network of that's smaller within an island. Over time, yeah. I think there's this interesting culture thing that happens there. You know, like I don't know. I'm just observing things. Africa's huge. Russia's massive. China's big. You get these little like. Guam yeah. is a really small little island, but somehow people know about Guam. Like they have an interesting little yeah. culture hub going. New Zealand's like what what you guys are doing now. I mean, you guys are kind of leading the way with some of the big stuff now, which is really awesome. And I don't know, it's just interesting. And, and Japan has always just kind of been ahead of its of its of everybody else in a lot of ways, just yeah. in, in different things. And it's it's it comes from a lot stems from the culture, I think. But um, and and it's and also not as much, you know. It's it's just opposite from certain things, you know. But I wonder if it's um I always think with New Zealand that perhaps it's got to do with uh with being being an island is one thing because an island is has has its own peculiarities because you're you're sort of separated off your your def- how how you're defined is very obvious you're defined yes. by by the borders of water around you yeah and that those borders of water are very small you know yeah you know so there are no borders for instance you know it's yeah, just yeah. like you you go 100 kilometers that way you're in the ocean yeah and that yeah. you know and you know that's the same everywhere you go. On the place that you live, but in New Zealand, I suppose it's, there's there's a slightly different spin on it, and that is, you know that you're far away from everywhere else. You know, yeah. like it takes it takes a long time to get to Europe <laughs> or to the states. Yeah, or, uh, we were just talking you know, about that and traveling time because I was yeah. I was complaining to you about how long it took me to get from uh, Manila, Philippines, back home, and I was like, I'm finally home, yeah. and you're all, yeah. ah, that's pussy shit. I tripped. <laughs> Did I put it like that? No, you said you were I nice. You said you said, "Sir, that's some pussy shit." There's no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no but you you think that sounds more like me. <laughs> well, you said you it took you how long to get to Florida from New Zealand? Like one time? Oh, uh, it's it's. I think in total travel time, it's like twenty something hours. Or Ugh, something. Super gross, and, including all the stopovers, sitting around in airports. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's it's a lot of time, but you travel a lot though, like you were saying earlier and stuff. I'm trying to limit it a bit at the moment, actually. I'm trying to. I've done a lot of traveling over the last few years, and I'm trying to hold back on it because is, is it I love the game it. or I, for I talking. What's that? Is it for your game stuff that you're doing, or for talking? Yeah, and and stuff? Ma- ma- lately mainly for games, mm. mainly for the game stuff. But it um, it, the problem is it breaks your year up. Like you know, you if I travel half a dozen times in a year. You go away for a week or two weeks or a few weeks or something like that, and then when you come back, you've only really got a, f- a few weeks before you're off again. Yeah, and, and 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 sort of it means that anything creative you're trying to do, it's really hard to do yeah. longer term things. You 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 only get these little bites at the apple before you um, go travel again. So I'm trying to limit it at the moment. Yeah, as much as I love it, I do love to go to. Uh, that that's a real. Um, a, a real perk, you know, something that's I'm really lucky to have that I get to go and visit these interesting parts of the planet. Pretty amazing, you know, think about it. You get to travel around and go do these experiences yeah. from just kind of drawing stuff. It's awesome. Well, before yeah. before I let you go, I, I wanted to talk about one other thing. 
Um, yeah. It's a film that I actually really, really enjoyed, and I know you just had a little bit of uh, your hand in. And then um, some people had a problem with it. I don't get it. I don't understand. Maybe because I didn't, I never heard of Tintin before. Yeah. But I went and saw Tintin by myself in the theater, and I was like, "Holy shit! I'm a kid again. This is so much fun." Like Spielberg, I feel it. It's this is a lot of fun. It's just crazy, yeah. and 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 just like, it's just enjoyable, cinematic fun, and and. Uh, and when I found out that you had done some stuff and uh, and I had seen it um, in the art of book, I have that as well. I'm a bit addicted to yeah. books in general. Um, picture <laughs> I love books are great. Finger painting books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, and I saw some of your work in there, and, and that was a lot of fun seeing that. And and um, how was that? I mean, that experience. All that was in all. that was really fun. I I can't um, say that I worked on that film for a long time. Like um, I I worked on it probably for the first three or four months or something when it was uh getting the development it, like translating yeah, it, yeah. And, and the stuff I did like I, I'll tell you something about myself I, I like to create ideas from scratch even though you know like if you're honest every idea is created based on other ideas uh, it's all riffed on other human culture but when I create a, an illustration I love to start with nothing and then end up with a thing it's just something I like, something I like about drawing itself, right? You got a blank page and then you make some lines yeah. and then at the end of it you got some stuff. There's something but so what I don't tend to like is is um photoshopping things together. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just don't I it doesn't do it for me, right? Uh it just doesn't stimulate the part of my brain that evolved with drawing, that loves sure. drawing. Yeah. Yeah. So so I have this almost a thing against it because I, I try not to do it. But when Tintin came around, the only way I realized almost instantly the only way, and, and Peter's advice was the, was the same thing in, in a different formula or a different way, different um, set of words, was that I realized the only thing, the, the only way to honor like Tintin on Hergé's artwork was to be a slave to his artwork, if you like. Yeah. So to take his artwork, not change it, not change the palette, you know, not change the lines, not change the proportions, just replace everything with either painting or Photoshop photos and comp them together or whatever in a way that made it look as real as my talents would allow, which is, um, which is exactly what I did. Yeah. So it was for me, that work process was anathema to what I normally try and do. I'm just not interested in doing that kind of um, work normally, but I really enjoyed it. I really, I sat down and I took those Hergé pictures and I just basically uh, kept them as faithful as I could, to, like I said, to the original forms and shapes and colors. It's fucking and killer! Just re- it's awesome. And just from yeah, and just made them um, feel as as real as I could using all the Photoshop tricks I knew in the book. Yeah, so I mean, like I say, you and Chris and like Aaron, your mouse and eyes and stuff. I, was, I don't, I don't know if Aaron was involved. Me and Christian Pierce were there. Yeah, and um, Chris Guys was the main guy that that um really Wincy. threw himself into uh. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Squishy. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah, totally. I would, I would uh, grab awesome. a camera and I would go and take photos of um, various people around the workshop of them squinting or screaming or doing whatever. And um and then match those photos up to to construct people like um, um Haddock and and so on. Um, but man, those, I love those the Haddock and stuff. Yeah, but I I can really tell that you were having fun with it. When I saw the work, I, I was like really like ah oh, this is great because um like I, yeah I can sense that you don't like to use a photo mash, but when you were um, tasked with this, it was really cool to show that. Uh, the thing I really love is that you guys respected the original. You weren't like, yeah. eh, fuck it, throw that in the trash. It's no, that was that was our point. Was like you've got to give, get, you've got to get rid of your own creative, uh, oh, not not creative impulse, but you've got to you've got to subdue your own ego and and just say what what would 
what would this look like? What would Tintin's world look like if it was um if if you were able to render it realistically? You know, exactly. And, yeah, and that it's was the fun part of the challenge. Yeah, yeah, I was totally exactly. because because I would say that everyone who worked on that film from the Water Workshop side, I, I and I'm not saying that wasn't from the digital side, it probably was, but I don't know any of those people. But um, from yeah, the, on the workshop side, it's at least, cold, dude. they no, fucked <laughs> <laughs> them. Yeah, fucking him. digital guy. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not speaking for them. Uh, but I know anyway for the people at workshop, they um, they were all huge fans. You know, yeah. I'm sure that was the case for Digi as well. Like, the, yeah, like you can say, tell. I, they I wasn't at, at Digi. She yeah, was amazing totally looking, dude. It's yeah. fucking yeah. gorgeous. Did you enjoy the the film process? I, I mean, did you enjoy watching it at the end of it and seeing it? I've all only together? watched it one, and now that you're telling me that it was really good, I feel like I should watch it again because I had I, a lot I, of fun. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm usually really hard on films, but this was like I I, mean, I was having like maybe a shit day, and I uh, was like, "What is this Tintin? It looks really cool. I like Spielberg. I was like, whatever. Um, yeah. And I didn't. I, I really no, don't get chance to watch films ever. And I had a yeah. little bit of window and. I went and watched it and I fucking love it. The next day I went and watched it again. That's how much I enjoyed it. Wow. Um, That's cool. And I just really enjoyed like um, just the, the, uh, like the innocence of the way Spielberg makes movies. There's lots of holes in them, but they're like, it's like film logic and they're fun because it's like one thing connects to the next that connects to the next. And it's just this fun thing that sews together. And, and visually, it was just a phenomenal, most yeah. amazingly beautiful. I actually met one of the dudes, like the CG supervisor at some like event. He was really nice, and I was chatting with him. He got like some award that night, and he was like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. He was like, eh. <laughs> but really? "It was, it was no." He was, I think he was maybe tired or something, but it was, yeah. it was killer. It was just cool, and I just wanted to talk. To I him need to watch it again. I need to watch it again. I had a so, lot of fun. It was. Just, I'd, it was... I'd completely forgotten that film even existed. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah that's before you mentioned it again, like. <laughs> it's so weird. I blocked. I hadn't blocked it out. I just. I just forgotten about. You're it. all. I hate that film. No, nah, I, I had. I had a lot of fun. But you know what? What's weird is that I have a lot of friends that are like, eh, I didn't like it, and this, and I'm like, I wonder why. I wonder if it's like, they. It comes from their childhood, and they. They like are attached to it. There maybe, maybe that's yeah. But that. do you have many friends that were aware of the original Tintin? I never heard of it. I didn't even know about it. You know, I'm yeah. American. It's not a big popular thing in America. But I think it's yeah. what's. He's a French dude, right? French. Uh, yeah. Illustrator? Oh, he's yeah. Belgian. Belgian. Okay, so yeah. it was big in Europe. Um, really big yeah. cereal out yeah. there, and big here in in New Zealand as well. As I'm sure Australia thing. and the UK, you know. Yeah, but it was not a big thing here in the states, and you know we were like, what Tintin? We have fucking Archie, like Archie is yeah. so fucking cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why has the CG Archie never been made? Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I wonder how you <laughs> do that. that. I was really into Archie when I was a kid. It's dude. I haven't. I haven't, I, I forget all that shit. There was Jughead. I was into Jughead. Jughead. Yes, exactly. That, wasn't the, he like? He's like the Kramer of that world. Wasn't he? Yes, he was. <laughs> Very much. Kramer was getting a lot of his muse from uh, Jughead for sure. They're like, we need a fucking Jughead character. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I just wanted to see like your experience on that and stuff, and how how many times you got to sit in Spielberg's lap while you held held oh, the, the mocap camera. I never <laughs> I met Spielberg during that at all so. have you ever got to, a chance to meet him at all no never damn that's messed up yeah. dude here you go you give him all <laughs> these beautiful gems you know you get to meet him it's messed up no. <laughs> he is yeah. one of those i mean like you're saying at the start jaws man it's got to be one of the best films yeah that he's made and that has been made it's such a great piece of super tense super fun fantastical filmmaking yeah so, et2 i recently been re-watching et and it has a lot of those really beautiful um moments that are just like damn like 
this is good. Like, this is good in a way yeah. that, like, I haven't had this goodness for a while. You know, I haven't like, experienced this. And it's, yeah, there's something about it. I think he was also very um, hungry for this stuff. You know, when a director or an artist is really hungry to show his self or to show his worth, that's when he yeah. makes the best work, I think, you know. In history, that's what it, I think it is. It's the human ego or whatever, the insecurities like we talked about. That's when you create the most interesting shit, I think. But yeah, yeah. but whatever. Anyways, d- dude, fucking <laughs> epic talk, man. Seriously, epic talk. And it's yeah, it, epic good luck with the editing. <laughs> no, I have. We have t- we have two pee breaks that you took pee, and we have to take a break out. So it's you, fine. You you got to edit more than the urine. No, no, come on. You gotta leave it raw. I like to keep these things straight. Okay, fuck it. Leave Lu- the urine in. Louis C.K. Would you like me to, um, I can send you some clips later on of just me peeing, or even <laughs> just me doing some foley of pouring water into a bowl, and then you can put it in during those minutes. That's just to flesh it out and make it more raw and real. That and... sounds awesome. I like your punk rock attitude, sir. <laughs> I'll well, get on that. <laughs> no, I'll, t- I'll take those pp parts out it's okay it's just it's just dead space it's me like typing and looking on stuff on the internet so it's probably more than anything it's just annoying to anybody that's listening but um if anybody i'll be posting links to um your blog and the dr broadmoors and everything and the the what a workshop and everything as well is there anything that you wanted of course man i mean the big thing about this is i think it's important that if you're a fan of what you're doing or um you know, support, support this stuff, you know, like I make it a big point to like buy books of, of artists or, um, try to support things in, in any way I can that I have things that I appreciate, you know, cause that's how you continue to keep your lights on and travel yeah, around and go absolutely. experience I like Japan. Yeah. Bumping into the walls. And <laughs> yeah. And it helps you continue, uh, continually make cool stuff. So, <laughs> but, um, is <laughs> there anything true. else that you wanted to make sure that you wanted to get across to anybody mm-hmm. that might be listening any advice for any um, up-and-coming artists or people that are really wanting advice. to do this kind of shit? Advice. Boom, the spotlight's yeah, on you. I don't know why I use the Jason music, but it worked. <laughs> now I have to give advice, don't I? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. What, do you, what would you say to like somebody that was like, I want to... Stay, stay on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Which one specifically? Come on, there's too many. Don't tell somebody to do heroin and you just say weed is better. So, <laughs> I, I would try. I would say try salvia at least once while while it's legal. I mean that shit will hurt your head. And, uh, <laughs> that will illuminate some things you perhaps didn't want illuminated. <laughs> yeah. So stay on drugs. Stay on salvia, people. I'm a, while yeah. it's legal. I don't know if that shit is. Illegal yet in America? I have never even heard of it. I don't even know what it is. You've never heard of salvia? No, I never heard of it. Fucking Christ! (laughs) That will melt your planet. Oh, is it? Is it like a acid trip or something? Uh, I guess it's it's closest to that in a way. Except it it's all over and done with in two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. It's Mm. all over and done with, and then you're you're back out to normality. Whoa! So it's only two minutes? Yeah. Whoa! And it's a prescribed drug. No, no, you you just like I don't okay, know where you buy it in that, America, that, that, but you here you buy it like at a sort of a sort of place that would sell uh, paraphernalia, like video a games? kind of store. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me that uh, Final Fantasy and basically uh, here here in Wellington is like a skateboarding kind of shop that sells like clothes and 
like what they call them legal highs and stuff. Do you not have stores that sell that sort of shit? I think um, America is starting to open their eyes to the idea that weed is okay when they yeah. allow alcohol, which is like, uh, it's like, who's making the calls here? Uh, but yeah, yeah well, I, I think Sylvia, I can tell you, is like that's some brain melting shit. Oh yes, yeah. and it's legal in this country at least. Well, I don't know if that's the same here. I'll have to check that out. But I don't. I, I highly doubt it. There's too many people with their fucking uptight ass about everything here. So they like to keep <laughs> their people going to Walmart and and buying shit that they don't need. So I like that control. So <laughs> they don't it, like open minded like shit. It, I like like I said, it takes uh, it only take a minute out of your life, or maybe five minutes, depending on how many how much you take, or maybe ten minutes if you take way too much. But um, <laughs> but one one minute. Is not really one minute when it feels like infinity. Whoa. When it feels like eternity. There oh, shit. Perspective, That's, dude. Yeah. Well, there you go, kids. Uh, Greg Broadmoor is dropping some science on you. If you want to be good at art, you go and do she some drugs. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Stay off drugs. <laughs> How dare you? You just spent like 10 minutes defending your case. <laughs> Selling one of them. <laughs> He's like he, he's he, you secretly have a, a share in the stock of this oh, drug. I won't lie to you. Here is one of the drugs I invented. <laughs> I'm selling around the world. He's building his empire. Awesome. Okay. Well, fuck. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say that that works, but hey, Greg says it, so you know, whatever. That's <laughs> how he gets his sweet beard skills. But awesome, man. Well, um, right. thanks heaps for this, dude. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, this dude. Thank fun. you. You should uh, um, get Christian on. We can all. I will, man. You should totally get that dude on. Yeah. He will be hard as as shit to get on because he is a self-contained dude. Yeah. Aaron was saying that. I was telling Aaron, it's like, hey, why don't we get Christian on? That'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we could do like a wet a night and just fucking talk. That's about, an idea. Talk about hobbits and like hairy we'll toes. We'll take and Sylvia shit. and me and Aaron and Christian will just talk horseshit. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. That'll be five minutes of radically <laughs> awesome casting. <laughs> you know, one of us will be dead. <laughs> stay off drugs, kids. Yeah, stay off drugs, kids. Perfect way to end this. Yeah.